captured Master Callista, we have been betrayed. The War Master has turned from the light of the Emperor. No, it cannot be. Why would Horus do this? He has fallen to darkness. He must flee the system. Take these four remembrances to Terra and carry word of this heresy. The navigators tell me the Warp is in turmoil. We will be ripped apart. We cannot do this. You must have faith in your ship, my old friend. Your service will be remembered. We will carry word and ensure the galaxy knows of the War Master's treachery. And when we can, we will send the Legion to reclaim your sarcophagus. Only in death will duty end. Welcome to the second of this month's episodes from us, Edge of Empire. As always, Michael, Graham, myself and Rob are here to go through the the, the, the bits that you actually want to listen to uh, uh, from our shows. And that includes the Augury Scanner books, uh, the List Challenge, of course, that's coming up in a little bit. And this month it's a, a, a more nivel, uh rules pack themed, as we mm. said in the previous episode. Um, so let's get rolling with the augury scanner. Let's, let's do that. So it's been somewhat um, on the on the low. Uh, <coughs> Um, thing that Rob and I were, had a little discussion about because uh, this came around from a discussion about buying some stuff was what's your and this is a collective question to the world here uh, what's your favourite non-main brand hobby product so I'll give you what mine is and that is a set of Rolson flat snips from Amazon mm-hmm. which are great sprue snips and they cost two pounds and they are i think as functional as the um games workshop ones which cost considerably more than two pounds frankly i think i could buy a number of sets of these for one lot of games workshop so that's you know that's one of them that's my top pick i'll tell you what i'll put the link in the thing i'll tell you what graham while you're um while you're loving your uh cheap clippers just to get your your blood pressure raising. Yeah. Just just search for God Hand Clippers. Okay. And have a and have a look at and have a look at the price tag on them. I'll just Ooh, I'll just leave that one with you. We need to do this live. Yeah, yeah, we do need to do this live. We're not cutting out for this because I need to see him see the price of this. Ultimate nipper tool for plastic. What the flipping what of old nonsense? <laughs> You're so, Graham, how much are they? How much are they, Graham? From, this is an eBay, so I don't know whether this is good, bad, or indifferent. So this is God Hand CHSPN 120 5.0 Ultimate Nipper Tool for Plastic Models. 50. Is this, how many pairs do you get for this? 50 pounds, 15 pence. That's cheap. You're having a flipping giraffe. That's cheap for God Hand. 
That's just nonsense. Uh, what, what are they carved out of? Mithril? Um, I mean, I, I believe mithril. so. Yeah, wrapped in <laughs> handles wrapped in unicorn leather. Yeah, no. Mithril wrapped in adamantium. Oh, is that what nice. it is? Same things from Amazon will cost you one hundred, well, ninety nine pounds, ninety nine pence. I'll tell you what you can do with those. You can shove them up your. <laughs> And this I, is where you'd put the bleep in, Michael. You can get I your have, god hand and shove it up you. I have handled a pair of them. They are pretty nice. They can't just, be worth a hundred quid. But I wouldn't pay. No, nope, because you can't so use them. you can't you can't use them on thick plastic either because they're really soft metal. I, no, that would I could get fifty pairs of these knacker old things from Amazon for that for getting stuff off, off sprues. That is absolute nonsense. Someone on eBay selling them for £16.41 here. How much yeah. do I bet they're not genuine? Uh, yeah. They are Japanese. I'm looking by the They things. are, they are, yes. And they, I mean, they look superb. So maybe they're made like Godzilla's teeth. They're for Gundam. Yeah, they're for your hardcore Gundam people who, you know, they spend £600 on, on a model that you clip together and don't paint. I mean, I tell you what, though, the the, the actual um, the actual uh, GW clippers, although they are expensive, aren't actually all that bad. I've and got even... a pair. I've got a pair from two thousand and seven that are still going strong, my GW. Yeah, I've had mine for ages. ages even and ages. even looking actually, the Tamiya ones. You know, these are these still set you back thirty notes or forty quid. You can just do it. I'm not having that for something. <laughs> Absolute bobbins, as as my brother would say. Yeah. Sorry, I just I couldn't resist setting him off when he went on clippers there. I I've got like, you know he's got a heart condition, Rob. Why would you do ridiculous. This? Yeah, I've so got, have I. I've got four sets of um, GW starter ones that I've gotten off various kits and stuff in the past, and I'm like, they're, they're just as they're just canny. They, they the games virtual ones are still twenty five quid. There's nowhere on God's earth I can. Twenty-five. They used to be eighteen. So you can buy five sets of five sets of those for the price of one of those um, Godzilla teeth god hands. <laughs> well, you know, when when something makes GW ridiculous. look like good value, you know it's uh, yeah. There you go. It's public service. Public service. So what was yours then, Michael? What's your off-brand? Um, I mean, to be fair, when I thought about this, because Michael is pretty much on brand. You know, he he does like to buy stuff Games Workshop, and so I was curious to find out what what does he do? Where does he go to to say? Does, does, does he get his paint water from the, out the back of the shop in Metro Center? <laughs> uh, I have actually he distills GW stuff urine. That's what he does. That I way have it's... actually I have actually bought something um, to try out called Water Plus from Instar. So, uh, Water Plus. Spinning your paints, uh, uh, it's it's it, everybody raves about it, but I know that's used it, and I'm like, I'll buy a small bottle and I'll give it a try. Wait uh, a flipping minute! Somebody on the internet said you need to buy this special water to I, enable. I to, do. It'll make your painting. I do better. talk to a lot of players. Uh, it, no, it's more for adding to paints, so it keeps them sort of thin. And right, um, how much is this product? I think I paid one ninety nine for a bottle. Is it deionized? Is it is it just deionized water <laughs> yeah. that, that you can buy from Halfords for about three quid for a litre? Yeah. Two for five pounds. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. But I thought I'd give it a try and see what it's like. Um, I, I was buying see. some. I was buying some soap from them anyway because they've made some claims that they've got a soap that they've just released that is better 
than the masters and i'm like right i want to try this out i want to see if you're 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 you're, you're actually give it no 119 i paid for this bottle of uh water plus but um apparently it's uh it's very good did they did they get the idea for the business model while working at a festival <laughs> or, or or from Delboy in Peckham, you know, um, Peckham I'm, Spring, absolutely smacked off their faces on crack. I'm gonna try it. So let's let's uh, let's water uh, let's, plus. This is why we don't have any sponsors, by the way. Just got to point that out. <laughs> but yeah, they've got a they've got a a soap that they reckon is better than um the the than um the masters. Now I have just I'm just noodling on the website and I have just spotted something that they do that is really good, really good. What's that? But it's not completely transparent and the bottles may as well not be empty. So they do a five paint pot flesh pack, and you've got a purple, an oxide red, an oxide yellow, oxide black, and a white. And basically between those five bottles, you can mix up any skin tone on the planet. Yeah, they're pretty much a. Um, that's re- That's a really cool idea. They do do paint, and it is. Um, it's very much about mixing your paints rather than doing particular. Um, you know uh, what's what's the word? Yeah, pre just but rather than pre buying. Yeah, they're a, they're a high end painting painting group. Oh, I like that. I like the idea of that flesh bundle. That might be. Um, yeah, all right. I can I can see myself um, testing but, that out. Uh, yeah, I'm testing out the soap. I've got that on its way, and I'm testing out the water plus. And I'll because I've I've got my Necromunda girls to do, which have who have quite a lot of exposed yes. skin. So I think <laughs> they're just the they're Kingdom just, Death models. Are they're, no, they're just the Escher models. They've just got bare arms and midriffs. Okay, um, I'm gonna have a lot of actually I've got like have a lot of arms and faces to paint. So I look forward to hearing how you get on with that. Because yeah, and but to be honest, but for five for five pots, that's eight pound fifty. That's five pots. That's five. That's good value. That's pretty good cheap, isn't it? Yeah, that's good that's value. Stuff. You know, and uh, and it looks like do you get this? Do you get the color wheel with it as well? So. Oh. It gives you because it gives you um, almost like mixing ratios to, to generate the different skin tones, which is really quite cool. If you don't cool. if you if you if you don't get it in the box, just print it off the website. Um, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, so. The, so my budget stuff, I like Wilkinson's for a lot of stuff, and mm-hmm. I for their basing material, I use a big bag of bird sand, a big band of bird grit, mix it all together in a Tupperware. Boom, you've got basing material that's going to last you absolutely years. I had one, two of them. They lasted me 10 years. Uh, I only just topped them up last year. Um, and I think that's an absolute fantastic way to do it. And I also like their um, their primer sprays. Um, satin black, grey primer, white primer. Five, six pounds for a can. I think, I think it's six pounds now. It's gone up. Um, and it's more than a GW can. And it's just as good. Okay. I mean, obviously you don't start you don't spray something black you always spray it black and then you put on another black because you you know you want to be able to correct it with the paint but it's a good primer so, I, I found a good primer on amazon actually um because obviously I, I wasn't going anywhere uh i'm trying to think what it's called I'll, I'll, I'll put it on my um i'll put it in the link but that was I, that was a good one to order but i believe TT Combat are starting to sell their own primers as well. I think they're going to be at seven odd pounds, uh, and they've got a, and it looks like they've got a massive range. So okay, that might be something 
to uh, to, to go <laughs> off on a tangent on basing i was once going to do a tomb kings army back in the day when i was a gw staffer in york and i got someone who'd been deployed out to iraq he got me a he got me a liter tub of sand which i've still got in my workshop which is sand from the tomb of an ancient Assyrian king and uh, so I've got a tomb king sand to base a tomb king's army that I never ended up actually doing uh, but I still use some of that occasionally wow but yeah, yeah. That just, that's a thing that's, that, that's just a little little, little anecdote there yeah, there we go yeah TT combat um, aerosol paints I've just seen them they're on firestorm games at the minute they're also on the outpost they're going to be about £7.65 and you've got a massive range here of stuff i mean that there's wow there's a load here there's like there's more okay. than 20 20 spray paints that they're doing here so yeah my my choice for this is um off amazon because i get a lot of my stuff from amazon because i can't be asked to go and buy stuff from shops um and they deliver obviously because amazon prime is this high coat three five ninety nine i think it is four ninety nine for a can delivered pretty good um what about you, Chris? What have you got on the what's your yeah, project to go to? I don't know. I just I just trying to think what you guys have been talking, but I kind of just pick up yeah. stuff that I mean I've got the, the tools I've I've got I've had for so long, I've never had to sort of replace them um too much. Files and stuff. I yeah. just tend to buy that sort of the cheapest power Yeah, that kind of you know, just little things like that. It's just yeah. not really Powerland are great for tools. Paints Jesus. paints and stuff I don't like, you know yeah tweezers and things like that um i kind of i get tweezer things from work because we get the ones where you don't uh, have to apply pressure to sort of the reverse ones if that makes sense yeah power band also uh, do a spray um, paint as well which is quite good that, so. yeah, because the thing is that cool. i was really impressed with rob's was um oh excuse me i was um thinking of getting some of those rather expensive dry brushes because as we mentioned previously on the show i like a dry brush and uh Rob said, oh, steady, steady thyself. Oh, were you going to get the um, Artist Opus Series D? I was. I was thinking about getting them. And you said, hey, up, lad, this is Yorkshire. Hang, hang, <laughs> hang fire a second. Hang, hang, ha, hold on thou self. And you ignored half the consonants in all the words. Yes. Yeah. And he said, actually, there's this uh, set, what they call eco something? Eco tools. Eco tools. Um, makeup brushes. Which look bizarrely like, I think, that self same set. The difference being that you can buy the Eco Tools one from Amazon again, um, for six pounds ninety nine delivered, and the um, rather expensive other set are about twenty quid or so, I think, if not more. So great find, and I've used them, and they're really good. Yeah, they uh, just watch the uh, watch the Artis Opus uh, videos on on how to use their Series D brushes, and then use them with these. Uh, Makeup uh, brushes with these makeup brushes, really good. They come in a nice box as well, actually. Nice, yeah. So, yeah, really good. So, that was another really good saving. So, thanks for that, man. That's all right. That's all right. Um, I, t- I can know for a fact what mine is. Mine's dead easy. Go on. Uh, mine is cheap brushes from the works. They mm-hmm. do um, bold mirror, I think they're called the uh, um, synthetic cheapy brushes. Um, you get like a set of. 10 of them i think it is of which you'll probably use about four um because they're ridiculous sizes some of them for like three quid but if you're doing things with um oils oil washes it's not worth the faff 
of having to look after expensive brushes because um, solvents mm. will still kill them. So I just use cheap brushes for oil washes and pin washes and things like that. And if I can get, you know, half a dozen brushes for three quid, if they last a project, if they last half a project, and find just um, still know, a bar- it's still a bargain. Yeah, yeah. Then they then they can be um, then they can be retired to dry brushing and then basin brushes and then. Um, you know, mix mixing, mixing, air, mixing paint air, brushes, air, yeah. airbrush mixing paint brushes, and then when the when the uh, finally, you know, uh, finally can, done, yeah, exactly, and then then turn them around and use the stick to mix paint up, you know, That's on the right. other end. That's exactly what we do, right? Um, um, you can just imagine the life of a brush. You, my son, you will start off in your prime, painting fine detail on immaculately presented models, and then the day will come when you're moved to the oil washes, and <laughs> And the pin washes. Yeah. And then after a valiant service in that, you will eventually be yeah. retired to dry brushing. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, if you yeah, want then turned upside down and shoved into the top of a hairbrush and harsh spun life, around. Yeah. Harsh life of a brush. If you want a good if you want a good brush for actual proper painting, for me, for pounds versus quality, you cannot beat Rosemary and Co. Series thirty threes. Okay. Yeah, they're yeah. not they're not as good as your Windsor and Newton series sevens, but they're about a quarter of the price. But uh-huh. they are but they are about eighty percent as good. So they're you know, they're they're punching above their price bracket easily. Rose, Rosemary and Co. series thirty threes, you can get a full set for a new army for maybe fifteen, twenty quid and they'll take some abuse. You get some good get some good soap on them, some master's brush soap or see what this um in star stuff is it's got its work cut out if it's going to be better than the masters yeah but, well uh, they've actually split it into three pots so like there's a conditioner there's a, a heavy soap and there's a light soap i'm going to try some on my beard um <laughs> they're actually out of stock right now they sold so, out the first day okay so yeah they, they built in star have built up quite a bit of quite a quite a following so i recognize the name but i've not actually i've just i've not actually been on the website it's not the um it's not the most user-friendly website. No, it's not. It's not. It's quite wordy and it's very, it's very slick. If you know what I mean. Though it yes. looks good, but it doesn't necessarily all the flash work, work that good. I will. I will let you know how it works. And if a complete idiot like me can make my save my brushes a bit better than the masters, then you know it's got to be good. I see. They do a they do a dull pewter, which is looks a lot like my homemade metallic um, black templar. Mm-hmm. So yes, so I think there are there are savings to be had there. I don't think you need to spend a lot of money. I mean, I always feel that an expensive brush is fundamentally wasted on me anyway. So you know, I want to, I don't want to spend a lot of money on this stuff that really is, you know, it's just going to be straight. I mean, if a brush comes to my house, it knows its its life is probably straight to the dry brush down. You know, the the if any aspirations for fine detailing work, it's in the wrong house. I'll send them to you, Rob. Yeah, so there you go. So there are okay. things to be had out there, I think, and just you know, we don't other bits and pieces where you don't have to spend a huge amount of money to get a very similar effect. So no, you're, sa- cool. you're saving more, saving money to buy more models. Exactly, it's a care and standard, and what have yeah. you. And, and let's not forget the bit, one of the biggest savings you can make: switch over to Vallejo uh, for your paints. Okay, yeah. controversial. Yeah, they're uh, a bit cheaper. They no. get a bit more in them. They're quite old. The dropper bottles as well, so you can actually get everything out. I love, I love dropper bottles. Comparison. I mean, I'll be honest. I 
I've got only a select range of Vallejo because I can get Citadel paint so much easier and I'm lazy. Oh, and I can't be I can't be bothered waiting for days for something to be delivered because I've only got one shop near me that does Vallejo and they but are you can get them from Element. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. I'm not a very good person at planning in advance, although I have to be over the pandemic. I've you have to. to. You can actually get them from Amazon now as well. And I have ordered them from Amazon. Yeah. Yes, Skip. I have ordered them from. Yeah. The, the problem I get is when I see something on Green Stuff World, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the, I'll, I'll get that. And then it takes, you know, it's, if Element don't have it, it takes you about three weeks, four weeks to get the damn thing. Yeah, I've had the same with Turbo Dork. I, I'm, I, I've. Um, I fall in love with their red rum metallic and I'm like, that's what I want to paint my Titan with. And it's like, it's just constantly out of stock everywhere right now in the UK. So it's like waiting for it to, to come back into stock somewhere. Um, cause it's a foreign brand. So. Yeah, I think it's, um, but still, I, I like Vallejo a lot. To me, so I like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think, but I also like things like scale 75. Rob's scale. Yeah. Scales. Um, I'm, I'm moving on to them. It was, um, Lord, Lord Lord Strump of of the Gino that got me onto the scale seventy five. They are just beautiful. Um, but I, th- I just like I genuinely I do like the Citadel range because I kind of know it if that makes any sense. So, but I mean yeah. a lot of the colours that I use, you know, um, from Vallejo are they're, they're black. I really like their uh, yeah. model model black. Their matte black is marvellous. Tinny the, de- the, the sort of tinny tinny tin colour that I used, yeah. which is, used to be a bit like. Was, there used to be a games workshop and they changed it to like yeah, tin bits, bronze, tin yeah, bits, yeah, yeah. Tin bits yeah. um, uh, the copper's nice you know I, I, I just the dropper bottles just i find them a lot easier than trying to sort of get the paint out of the pot if you see I, mean, I tend to take paint and put it somewhere and then paint from there yeah before, it, before, I, before I airbrushed i didn't really care but, but having that dropper bottle for airbrushing and being able to put it in the um some the word for it is now the hopper it's you know completely changed now so everything i you know i, I buy think, a gw paint if it's if i think they would have done it by now yeah i think they would have done one little tip with things like vallejo and scale obviously everyone says i'll oh, put some ball bearings in or put a ball bearing in i made so, a bit of a i made a bit of a lucky lucky cock up on amazon a, a while back and i bought a thousand ball bearings and then they arrived it's, and they were they were three mil each did someone um, think you were trying to build a claymore yeah maybe maybe um you put them in a nice cream tub and hide for them from the uh, flying squad um but you put five or six of them in and they do a better job than two big ones got you. They do a better job of mixing up if you put lots of little ball bearings in obviously make sure okay. they're stainless otherwise you'll all end up with you'll end up with one color paint in your paint rack and that will be rust Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's why. That's why I tend to go for glass authentic. or plastic. I don't yeah. take the risk with um, with uh, uh, metal because I've had bought some cheap metal ones that said they were stainless, and yeah, they weren't. But they weren't. And I've just ordered, I've just ordered that flesh color paint set by the way from Insta. Nice. So. I'll, I'll tell them they owe me a commission. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's. But anyway, anyway, there we go. But yeah, you, you, I, I genuinely like the Vallejo colors and use them where i can to be fair so yeah very nice cool cool so that's the next the next thing was a bit of a furore i suppose a furore an interesting little uh example of things and where we are now so this came up with the the age-old question about the faq and it's kind of been banging around on the internet for some time now you know when's the faq going to come we haven't had any update for years and years has asking for an faq become an faq 
I think it's, <laughs> I think it's almost become its own, you know, reset the clock, you know, where the squats kind of thing. You know, oh, somebody's now asking for the FAQ again. This, and I'll give you my personal view on this, right? And this is just my personal view. People disagree. That's fine. I, I'm kind of in the camp that this is something that desperately needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And because I play the game and I'm more interested in playing the game than painting models or an FAQ is just so needed because there's so many things. And one thing that this chat did highlight, and it was pretty good natured, I felt for Crusade oh, Heresy, which, which can get out of can get out of hand. Um was pretty sensible. People put stuff down. There was wish listing of course, which is slightly from FAQing. You know, people saying, yeah, but so and so should have this. And you know, even I joined in a little bit there by saying, you know, Garrow should have an AP two sword. Yeah, why has he got an AP three sword? It makes no sense, right? We can get a paragon blade for twenty five points. Um but there are a load of things, rules rise, that that just bug us all of the time. And Particularly in this episode, where we've been looking, we'll be looking at what happened with the Mornaval rule set. It then becomes even more frustrating because you're thinking, well, you know, these folks from Australia have put all this stuff together in the same time that we probably haven't had an FAQ, and it starts to grate a bit. And so you're thinking, what's going on? So somebody has put on there, which is quite sensible, I think, a kind of Google form that you can fill in to kind of collate cross people's, you know, FAQ questions obviously we don't know if Forgeob will ever answer these or ever change anything or do anything about it but it's a first step but it then got me thinking that actually I remember back in the old version of Games Workshop of course and somebody has mentioned this as well this isn't my idea by the way um that you know there used to be the NTC rules ITC rules yeah, so if you went to play in a tournament they had their own kind of FAQ yeah yeah the ETC um, standard yeah that's right. And and that was adopted by everybody. If you went to one of the ranked events, for example, like the one I went from Macclesfield, you had this kind of addendum for the army lists. And there was a lot of stuff in there. And all of the big American tournaments had it in as well because the rules were so out of whack. And obviously, Games Workshop have now completely changed it around. You know, they've stopped saying, oh, we're a model company. And they've started to say, well, actually, we're a games company and those games need rules and we're going to invest in them. But we're not seeing that from from um, Forge World, and there's a you know they kind of into this you know whole Forge World apologist and stuff, and you know I get it, you know the studio's going through changes, there's COVID, there's all these other factors that you know am I just being uh, sort of entitled by thinking that somebody should take the effort to fix these rules? I don't know, right? I, that's a really good question. I think that the heresy is primarily um, its value is in its community. And the things that are good and are happening heresy currently are happening in the community. They're not happening because of Forge World, I think. Um, and maybe that might be a way forward, right? Maybe, you know, like event organisers, for example, um, could come together and say, OK, we're going to FAQ some of this stuff and we're going to try and get an, a consensus across multiple events or multiple event um, run that are run across the world to say, actually, you know what, on balance, we as event organisers who all have our own kind of bespoke rules anyway, where we, you know, where things have come up in previous events and we've got, oh, we've got no idea. So we better put something in going forward. So for example, the company of legends are specific that say, you know, you have to be out of your vehicle if you want to be scoring. Yeah. 
there's yeah, some. All right. all right. I wonder why you might have done that. Yeah, just well, because it was Rob. always that same old <laughs> argument, wasn't it? When you, yeah. you know. there is, you know, and even if you look at the rules, I think they're a little bit vague. But they just need somebody to say yes or no, and that's really all we need. Um, but I think in the interim, if we accept that Forgewood aren't going to do anything about their pay queue, they aren't going to, um, for whatever reason, and there could be a, a myriad of different reasons, they aren't going to do anything about this. And it's not at this point, I don't think, because yeah, there's in the very short little term. way of testing. Yeah, exactly. I suppose there is that as well. You know, you, you, you know, we are, we live under the impression that actually Forgewood would test these rules in the game. Yeah, there's an argument that does question whether they do it books even. But um, so could this could this be something the itself decides to solve rather than wait for for um, Forge World to solve it for us? Do we say, OK, fine, if you're not going to contribute, if you're not going to give us the updates at the level that we want and we still want to play this game with a fair set of rules that we don't have arguments or it's unclear or, you know, there's weirdness. We want to try and make sure that there's not exploits and stuff, or maybe we're just playing on a level playing field with all the armies. Then this could be the next step. Now, this isn't the same as wish listing. I don't think it's that's a different conversation. I think I think if people were saying actually Garrow should have an AP2 sword, that's not the sort of thing I'd expect to see in a in an FAQ that was fan driven. I think this is really about clarifying certain rules and certain things that come up all of the time uh, for everybody in the community and say, okay, we agree that this is the way forward. And of course, the Mornaval themselves have done this. So a bit of a long rant from me there, right? But yeah, I, thought it was, I thought it was um, an interesting thing that the community itself could, rather than waiting for these things to be solved, could we start to solve them? I do want to clarify one thing I said there. I know I said that they, 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 they aren't really playtesting. But one thing I would like to say is I know they've got 40k um, uh FAQs coming out, but given the the few areas of the world that are actually able to engage in gaming, I would say that things like Age of Sigma and 40k are more likely to be getting played and therefore getting play tested, and people coming up with things and going, "Hang on, this needs so, to be dealt with." Um, wherever the Heresy, which is a much smaller game, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna raise a, a, a slight. Like controversy, you know, yeah, I like to throw the cat amongst the pigeons. Um, so they own a massive room that has loads of gaming tables in it as a company, right? Mm-hmm. Massive room. You could quite comfortably get four, five, six tables set up for people to play the Is games. That essential work that you can that you need to leave. Is that essential work that you need to leave the house for? Depends, no. if your job, depends if your job title's games developer. Yeah. Also, it's, you don't. It doesn't. If your I, no, job is exactly that, where then... I see exactly what you're saying, Chris. Um, I, but I, but you know, playing devil, you know, playing devil's advocate on that one because I think you do raise a good point there. They they do have room where they could safely play test, but a do they have the staff that can do it? Uh, as in, will they be doing other roles or what? Um, I don't. If you if your if your role is rules writer for x game y game or any of the games that they produce your role is that well, part of your role is to make sure that they make sense we assume do that we don't know what their game their job descriptions are to be fair and obviously we do know that they've they've had a staff change as well yeah i the thing is though this is stuff that's that's only a recent thing 
And this yep. is stuff that's been going on for months and years. Yes. Um, yeah. No, 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 I agree. I'm not, I'm not making excuses. I'm just sort of playing the devil's advocate here, you know? I think there's a point where we say, okay, we've all accepted that Sigmar and 40K are, you know, magnitudes larger than heresy ever will be. And that's cool. We can accept that. I think it's that actually now it's got to the point where, yeah, this is this is a long time we had to deal with the same problems. What I'm suggesting, I'm not suggesting this is a a problem. They clearly, for whatever reason, don't want to deal with this right now. But we have the, to do something. The problem they're going to have, though, is uh, they'll lose control of it. That is also true. I mean, looking at the Warnerville the, stuff, you're thinking, uh, why didn't Forgewell do this? Yeah, I just that's the you know that's the problem they're going to have is they want you to write they want you to buy these rule books that are ninety quid. Well, if if the game if the community can self publish those books, you know, fair enough, then they're not going to have probably quite as much fluff in them, but people don't necessarily buy them for that for even half the price, then ultimately mm. they've lost control of their game. Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. And, so what and, is and that, that's the that's the risk yeah. that's the risk that they they, they continue so, to run is that it's fine if they want there to be a community, but if the community starts going, well actually we don't need you for this anymore, like the old Warhammer players have done, um in the old world players. Battlefield Gothic. Battlefield Gothic, Gothic you know but the thing is, those are dead games. This is a current game, and once mm. they've lost their sort of control over it, well, then what's so, the point? It's a really good point, Chris. I hadn't thought uh, that, but yeah, I see where you're coming they, from. You know, they, you know, if we start adopting these other kind of somebody brings out their own book, you know, King Fluff, for example, may have done the pre-Crusade stuff. More of have done things like Xenos, you know, and all the rest of it. They're all kind of in or around it, but at some point, maybe somebody's going to go. Do you know what? I'm going to I'm going to put my spin on what sort of rules you'd put in for a Siege of Terror game or but one of the other one of the other big... You don't do that. You just go, right, well, this is the book seven's rules. Right. As you, as you said. Okay, so what are the issues? This is the issue, right? Okay, this is... So we'll say this can do that. It works. You play it in the game. It works. That's fine. You then put that on the internet in a book that costs people nothing. The community adopts that because the community won't have any alternative because... What currently what is saying. there isn't working. Basically, Forge would have cut out of their own game by their own inaction. So let's say there's a unit, for example, that and I guess we're into almost copyright stuff here, but a unit, and Mornavel do do this, where they've rewritten the rules for existing units because they're wrong or they need, you know, some modernization. And that you're right at that point, I, I, they can't I, put I mean, that I, genie back in the bottle, can they? Yeah, I, I have. I mean, I have issues. The more of our rules are good. I do have an inherent issue with them in sort of power level um, in comparison with sort of Forge World rule sets. Mm-hmm. And I'll go into that when we get to the units sure. later on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, you know, it's everything's there for the community to take control of the game itself. And I think if Forge World, you know, basically keep keeping that keep that door shut, ultimately they're just going to lose control of their game. And what will happen is, you know, we get it with 3D printing and CAD design. Now. Yeah, you've got people yeah. doing more different 
all the units you've got people doing um, the the fancy terminators that I can't remember the name of the Saturnine ones. Saturnine, That's yeah. it. Yeah, you know we get the rules for the, someone comes up with the rules. Some of them those. may appear. Some of them may appear later. There's a spoiler for you. Yeah, there's a there's a unit there that Fortrod, you know. People have been crying may, out may, for Saturnine Terminators. Like, come on. Yeah, it's just as just as an example, but it's just you know there's a unit that, that Fortrod haven't done anything with. Well, the community has the models and it has the rules. They they're a much cheaper version. Well, that's money that Forge World aren't going to make. The problem is now as well with three D printing. The, the, the community is, has the technology. That's do. the yeah. that's the important. I mean, that's, that's the thing that GW have got to address. Because I can buy a three D you can buy a three D printer that can print this. You can buy pretty much the same three D printer that that Forge World are testing are creating master test prints with for less than you can buy a porphyrian but it's it's um you know the, the 3d printing argument is a different is a, is a different argument but forge would need to address this because otherwise you know they're going to lose control of their own game and, oh, people, and there'll be sure. there'll be people listening going you know that's a bit extreme but it's this it's what happens you know yeah, the, see, the, the fans really will take the fans will take control the, you know, um, the community yeah, will take void, control of it. That, that's the thing. Yeah. We, we will fill that void, and and it will become the standard. At, you, know, mm. you know, I'm not saying it is going to be, but you know, there comes a point where it could become the standard at Comedy of Legends and King Fluff events. Uh, you know, Greg's events, whatever. You know, know where we I'm, just go. This is the, the rule set that you use for these events, Max and then Matt, yeah, yeah. If if that's going to become becomes the standard throughout the community, yeah. Well, that's filtered down to people that don't. That's going to filter to the people that don't play, perhaps at events, but socially because their friends will go to an event and that's the rules that they use. Yeah. And then DW have lost the uh, it just spreads, and GW rule set becomes. Pointless. You, yeah, I suppose. Do you think that this though, Rob, you or Chris, you said this isn't the same as. 3D printing, it's a separate entity in terms of a conversation, but at a high level, there is a parallel which is the community filling the void, that's, either with models or with rules. And that's something the that thing you is think the G- GW or F- they, they can't they can't release they can't release every model we want to see. No. You know, everyone wants to see all the different contempt of variants. You know, everyone wants sort of sanguinary guard for heresy that aren't the GW plastic, stuff like that. You know, we, things like that, you kind of have to allow a little bit because there is a process that goes into that that's yeah. quite long. There's a lot of design, a lot of stuff like that, and there's production that goes into it mm-hmm. in, in that context. But just to say, you know, it's mm, it's an interesting the, the rules writing is is you know the people there are people going oh but it's the same process but it's not really the same process. The cost isn't the same. It doesn't cost if you do a, a you know, the, the production cost on a set of plastics isn't the same as someone sitting at a keyboard for um, yeah and getting two and three hours and, and, and yeah, yeah and then and then you know getting that ratified but you're fundamentally I can see what you're saying so anyway look this is a topic that that's got its own that's got years of work I mean this is the sort of thing you'd have a talk down the pub for most of the evening about I think. The, the point is that all we can really talk about here, I guess, is that it's something, right? There's something 
it feels like there's a change you know like so we've seen a lot of we've seen an increase in 3d printing you know one-off models people were talking about printing their own characters for events you know and events you know or printing them for them so you'd send some fluff and you'd send the design and they would print print your character out and you'd have that as your event figure or whatever you know those are the that could be the future and i think it's it's that the fact that the community may realize that it's actually got the you know forge aren't going to do it somebody's going to do it and i think that's something they need to be aware of so it's a really good chat and a really interesting topic i think we'll see how it goes right and if this changes over time um we shall see but the faq is one aspect of that i think where people have said you know what this is enough now we yeah. need to do something about this and when, if you're not going to do something about it then then we will um and there's also that's okay. there's also on on the on to play devil's advocate here and uh, risk risk another 19 minute youtube video <laughs> what, whatever whatever gw produce the whirling neck beards will be out in force complaining that the sky is falling down because it's not what they want yeah I and mean, it's not it's not, it's not no it's yeah. not and it's not related it's not um restricted purely to the heresy community um but there's there is a massive sentence of entitlement with we want an faq so get an faq this isn't the faq we wanted well, well tough you know yeah, and, I, I see where you're coming from you know what um, i mean i mean you know there's, there's yeah. been so many stories in the last half decade since the heresy has been a thing of abuse of members of gw staff to the point where they've left um like literally the point where they could go here we're giving everybody something free and people will kick off you know, because they're not giving the right thing away free, because they're not giving away what that particular person wants, so they come wading in with a sense of, uh, and like, basically the, the the hobby community, to a certain certain elements of the hobby community, is the reason I came off social media, mm. and I'm not surprised why GW don't do more, to be honest, because is it worth having a, a studio team work on something for six months, and then just be ripped to pieces, no matter what they produce? Because let's face it, they could create, they they could discover Annuncia, the the not the language of creation, and create the perfect rule set. But somebody will still kick off because it's not bloody rogue trader or something daft, or some silly sod will still want to put it on square bases and go, oh, they look lovely ranked up like a plank. You that know. is the winter and a whole separate universe. I think, of, of I, I, but I, you, I think you know we're into that. Is this entitlement? Which is always something that we try to guard against. And you're right, Rob. We're, we're, Purely regarding FAQ, no, it's not yeah. because we are yeah. overdue one. But, uh, but yeah, I see what you mean. Is it the, community the, action the, being the thing that then you know, do we yeah. hound people out of their jobs, for example, because the they've community's been, not happy? Yeah, they've been bitten by the community that many times. Like, you know what? You want to do, you know, part of, there's got to be part of them somewhere going, sod it, do it yourself, or you're just going to yell yeah. at us for it yeah. anyway. Yeah, fair enough. But uh, the same people will also massively fangirl over anything that's an independently produced FAQ purely because it isn't from the studio. It yeah. might, you know, the studio could produce a really good one and, you know, Jeff down at xpodcast.com might do one that's an absolute. And Jeff has crack and work, shall we just say might, that right might, now. might just be a might, might, might be a pile of soggy bog roll, but some but the anti GW crew are going to be like, yeah, this isn't from the studio. This is a much better one. It's like, yeah, Marines are nine hundred points each, and they come with a 
pitch and they come with a toothpick. You know, they'll be like, yeah, but it's not from the studios. It's a better FAQ. Yeah, there's, uh, there's that sort of haters going to hate, right? The yeah, that's a, that's, a, that, that, that's, a, that's a quicker way and less angry way of... Yeah. Oh, sorry, I'll be, getting, I'll, I'll be getting my own downfall bit at this rate. I, I think that's, um, that is true. Haters are going to hate. And there are there's a community, there's a group of people, I think, that will always look for... And you see this sometimes. Well, no matter what's posted, there are certain things that people circle back to that they're not happy about. And they always just try to segue that into the conversation, even if the conversation is about something completely irrelevant. Yeah. And we've seen plenty of that, and I can name names, but I'm not going to. But, again... Purely because you don't want Michael to have to answer the emails. Yeah, so I think it's... I, mean, I, can, I, can, I can think about three or four names off the top of my head if you yeah. want, so... No, it's fine. So okay. I think that there is a um, there is a balance, right, between community-created content that that moves the game on where it's not happening because Forge mm-hmm. World's, you know, cool. lack of approach to that or time or whatever so the, the community fills that gap but then they have to balance that with like you say the the kind of pitchforks the bur- and, and sort of burning down the house pitchfork brigade who will always be unhappy with what everything happens and then there's also some other people who've got their own kind of axe to grind on top of so that the, so pitchfork, the pitchfork brigade are the same people that think the heresy should only have marked your armour you know, yeah but you're also same people yeah, that argument over I never there. thought Pete Reeves was that angry he can yeah. be quite angry. It's true, uh, particularly if he's losing. Um, <laughs> oh, that didn't happen when I that didn't happen when I played him. Anyway, I was playing him either. To be fair, <laughs> I'm just assuming because he's never had to be put in that situation. He's, he's completely. Fine I mean, they the don't time. call him Pete Kneecap from Rees for nothing. Yeah, I mean, that's true. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, on that note, I think I'm going to leave that one alone for now. But it's been an interesting that discussion. Was, that was 45 minutes of. of, of yeah. It was a good chat though, right? And I guess yeah. the August gallery we thought we'd do in two minutes because we've nothing to talk about. But anyway, <laughs> but you, you brought out those three important le- those three letters that spark debate, no matter where you are. Yeah, true. So I will segue into a, a slightly more palatable subject, which is uh, just a little shout out really to the Tabletop Inquirer. I don't know uh, if people mm-hmm. here we put some of their things on our page every so often when they're not completely 40k or, or Sigma related, but. Just a little shout out. Check them out because they're dead funny. And I think that they're a really good way of uh, going back to our original subject about FAQ. They're a good way of just remembering that it is a game and it's supposed to be funny. And that laughing at ourselves is also a very useful thing for the community. Yeah, definitely. It's really well worth following. Cool. And then this one snuck in after some discussions. Do you want to talk us through this one, Chris? So yeah, so I was I was looking on, on the Australian website, Victoria Miniatures, as per the theme of my conversations this evening and i saw that they did a uh lehman rust size version of the british world war ii tank the matilda um which i yes. think is she was your favorite tank from world of tanks it's absolutely my favorite tank of world in world of tanks uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing i have a photo of a, a family member in world war ii sitting on one yeah. um so yeah so uh yeah, I just think it's a beautiful model. And also, it's good if you're doing Solar Auxilia because it doesn't have defined uh, sponsons. Yeah, it's flat-sided. So, it's a great-looking great thing. Like I'm, I'm dead jealous now. that I wish I I would buy these if I was starting again. I think it's just a great-looking tank. I think it's, yeah. it does look nicer than the, Forge, than the um, Lehman Russ. And I it has it looks a little... nicer. I just think... It's different. I like it's, it. Yeah, it's because it's got the slightly it's a, uh, elongated it's a, chassis. It's a bit Sherman at the front with that beveled front glasses as well. 
and the turret's a bit KV. The, the turret's a bit KV two. It's like literally it they. Yeah. It's like they literally put a lot, lot of your iconic tanks from world from like Allied yeah. World War Two in a blender, and that's what you get. They've definitely got the Matilda look there, haven't they? With the, the side skirting and the back, yeah. that slopey bank. Another. Anyway, before we get too excited about this, it's a great model, right? It's, it's a yeah. really cool yeah. model. I mean, it's no I Comet. I'm with Al Murray on this. The Comet is probably the best looking tank of. You know, I don't have to look that one up. <laughs> I mean, uh, no. I just love the Matilda. Yeah. Um, I think starting is no. a lovely piece of equipment. I liked the uh, Russian tank hunters in um, in world in world of tanks. Yeah, big fan of those. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> I did. Uh, so I've heard I've heard you play in world of tanks, and if it's if it if it gets you excited in world of tanks, it's definitely not suitable to be broadcast on this show. <laughs> oh, that is a nice looking yeah. tank, actually. You're right. Anyway, another another marvelously cool uh, segue. Well, yeah, comet tank. Yeah. Lovely. That is a good looking tank. It is a good looking tank. And I'm okay. a big fan of tanks. Right, so, so that's so where we're at. Go yes. talk about some books. Yes, I need a rest. Right, go off your pop. Okay, and it's just back to me and Chris again, and we're going to have a quick chat about um, Fury of Magnus, which I've literally just finished reading. I'm going to listen to it again as an audiobook, as I usually do. But I've got to say, definitely brilliant book. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think, I, th- I think if you're... I can't imagine there are many people out there, but there are people going, well, I'm just going to stick to the main Seizure Terror books and not worry about the novellas definitely need to read this book um it's it's got some very cool things in it and some very sort of important things in it as well mm-hmm. um and i really enjoyed it you know i think it's it has a lot going for it even if you're not interested in in magnus yeah, which is which is hard not to not be interested, in, man. He's he's a very complex character. Definitely you know, one of the more complex Primarchs out there. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed it, and uh, you know, as, as I was as I'd finished it, I was messaging you guys, you and Rob, and I said, "Finish the set, then I can talk about it." Um, but yeah, what so what what were your overriding? Without trying to give too much of it away, overriding thoughts. Mr. B. Um, I thought that this was a book which set out to do um, well I think it set out to have two purposes to tidy up a couple of outstanding storylines which it did nicely yeah um, and to sort of move Magnus away from that tragic you know person who's only in the traitors camp because um, of circumstances forcing him to be there into his choosing to be there yeah and sort of brings him into from because i think where we had him in the last books he's sort of been yeah i don't really want to be here with the traitors but obviously in 40k he's fully you know a demon prince and it's sort of that it's that final transition i think it's still quite tragic in a way um 
the, the how we get there. You know, he is looking for something. Yeah, because <laughs> I think it's made even more tragic because when he makes that decision um, to choose that, he chooses to do it because of, a, I suppose, a good reason, you know, for yeah. his sons. Yeah. Because the emperor gave me an impossible choice. Yeah. It, it, <clears throat> I think, well, you know, the, the, the novellas seem to be pushing uh, this, uh, you know, the, the primaris idea a lot more than I thought we would see. You, you know, think? that's, yeah, because the, the, the first one is all about the thing that actually makes the primaris marines, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And then this is all about, well, it's not all about, but that choice that you, you know, you, you reference is basically Primaris Marines. Do you think, I, never, I didn't interpret it like that. Yeah, because it's basically him, you know, the offer offer is, we'll replace what you've got with stronger, better Marines. Well, the stronger, better Marines, as we now know from 10,000 years in the future, are the Primaris Marines. I never, I never, I never interpreted it like that, but OK. That's cool. That's how um, I read it. Yeah. I sort of read it as we'll give you ones that actually work. Well, yeah, but. But fair enough. Mm, I might have to reread. Well, I'm gonna re- listen to it again That's, as an audio book. That, that was my takeaway from it, but that could be just my interpretation. It could, you know, there could be uh, hundreds of people listening to this going, "No, you're wrong." But that's that's how I kind of read it. Yeah, yeah, I d- yeah, but uh, I did also like the um, the cameo from, well, I suppose not more than a cameo from Vulcan. Yeah. So that he's not just doing, you know, he's not just sitting around doing nothing. No, he actually is doing something. He's yeah, absolutely. No, there are some very, there are some very good set piece bits in this in this book mm-hmm. for, for, you know, just it is only a only it is a novella. It's not one of the mainline books, but there is, it's still got that some very cool set piece pieces, um, in it. You know the the, the walls make an appearance, salamanders. You know they do. And they all do some some very cool stuff. The the Thousand Suns, um, as you'd expect, do some really excellent, very cool things. Yeah. So um, we sort of we sort of clean up bits and bobs from Graham's novel yeah. that he's done, and sort of deal with that. So it sort of ties together stuff from the Doom of Moloch, uh, not Doom of Moloch, um, but it is the Doom of Moloch. But what was the novel called? Ventral Spirit. Yeah vengeful spirit a few of the short stories that he's done around the characters from there um a little bit of the the whole magnus shard situation and it sort of ties a lot of it all together and it's really good in that respect um i was really impressed with it and i'm like i kind of wish it was longer but at the same time it did what it did without any superfluous yeah it it didn't waste any time nothing felt unnecessary no. Everything had everything was sort of the right thing in the right place, yeah. Which hasn't always been the case in some of the Siege Terror books. Yeah, yeah. We um, uh, we had a little bit more of the perpetual stuff going on, which was interesting. Yeah, 
because they are they are interesting characters. They are interesting characters, and I do like the way that they that they're developing that story a bit more and more to 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 turn it into something a bit more meaningful than just yeah these people live longer and sort of tying up their relationship with the emperor. Yeah, which is kind of it's 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 good, but it's sad that it's come at the end. Yes, definitely. I would I would have liked to have had more. I would have liked to have known that the, the perpetual character that we had in this a bit more. Yeah. I think they had a lot of potential to have done, done stuff in the story that, you know, <laughs> that we've had other characters do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, be involved and, and yeah, they, but you know, that's a, I suppose yeah. it's that thing, isn't it? It's, it's that, you know, the, the guys that are sitting down writing it, you know, coming up with ideas, someone, and then, there's only so much you can fit into the into the books that the that we've had, and now they've you know kind of got this little bit of extra closer to home kind of stuff. Yeah, you've got to sort of tidy up, bring storylines yeah. to conclusions, and I think we've had a few that have sort of finished in this point and they're ready for their next bit. But it it feels like it came at the right place because it's um up until now it's sort of like you know Magnus has been this tragic character who you know maybe he'll well we know he doesn't but you know maybe he might go the other way and switch sides but it's sort of i feel like coming more or less at the halfway point this is the story that has sort of finalized everyone's where they are I don't yeah know if that makes sense yeah, yeah yeah no all the all the um all the chess pieces are on the board in on in where they should be. Yeah, so so we we've acknowledged that Fulgrim and his sons have gone off to do their own thing, and Perturabo is trying to desperately figure everything out. Abaddon is a broken man, and it does sort of tie together a lot of stuff after Satnine as well, which is great because yeah. I definitely had some questions that needed answering after that. No, it's um yeah it's a oh, yeah I've 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 probably I've, I've listened to it a couple of times as well since I read it I I really enjoyed it I've really it just I just think it's it's definitely worth the reading if you you know yeah if you're not if you're just focusing on the main Caesar Terror books I don't know why you would be but I imagine there are people that are it's definitely it's definitely worth a read because it is integral into the continuation of the story in a way that I don't think Sons of the Selenar necessarily was. Yeah, Sons of the Selenar was a bit of a side quest. Yeah, whereas this is actually a uh, a, 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 a smaller a smaller main la- a smaller mainline book. Yeah, a, a um, sort of like a it's sort of like a big expansion that sort of takes place parallel to the site to the main quest or something. You know, yeah. in terms of uh, RPGs and you know Elder Scrolls and that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so um, I think what we'll do is we'll uh, talk about. Well, we'll sort of go through the books that are coming up uh, in the next couple of months. We we know what we've got up until April, although we haven't got definite dates yet. I mean, Fury of Magnus sort of occupied a really weird place, didn't it? Because it got initially released through. Um, yeah, friendly local, yeah, friendly local gaming stores like a month before it came out properly everywhere else, which is a bit of a weird one. Most peculiar. 
it, it was really weird. Uh, anyway, so coming up first, we've got Blood of the Emperor in March. So that it. So that's uh, a. Um, we don't know what's in it, but it is a um, anthology similar to Science of the Emperor and Sons of the Emperor. So that sounds like it's going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, so an, another Primark sort of anthology. Uh, following that no, up, the other ones have been good sorry. as well. You know. Yeah, the other the, ones have been other... really good. Yeah. Taking stories that you wouldn't necessarily want to devote much time to. Um, both both post heresy, pre heresy, during the heresy and the siege. Yeah. Um, and then in March we've also got Luther, uh, First of the Fallen, um, which I'm actually quite excited for now. I, I don't know why, but ever since I've seen the cover for it, the normal cover for it, I've sort of been thinking, oh, actually, I'm, I'm quite interested in this. So. And he's, you know, again, interesting character. He's got some, there are some questions that need to be answered. Yeah, um, although I, I'm sure they won't answer them. Um, maybe they'll give us a little bit of something. No, but um, just something, just, you know. Yeah, April's going to be a busy month. Uh, because we've got three books coming out. Although, to be fair, one of them is just a paperback uh, edition of Lost and the Damned. Um, but, you know, some people, that's what they co- that's how they collect it. Yep. And that's that's fine. So always worth mentioning when they come out. Uh, although I thought Lost and the Damned had already had a paperback edition myself. Because we've just had Saturnine as a paperback. Unless it's a reprint. <laughs> Probably. Or it got lost during the... Don't know, um, don't know what to tell you. Or maybe it got lost during the pandemic. Let's have a look. Stuff's happened. I'm on the, I'm on the Black Library website, so let's have a look. Yeah, but according to, according to the coming soon, it's coming in April. Lost and the Damned. I mean, I do know a lot of physical books. ebook. Yeah, no, it doesn't appear to be... um. Yeah, there isn't a a paperback version of it. Apparently, it's just a so currently it's just an audio and an ebook. So uh, yeah, but I know a, I know a lot. Uh, some books didn't get a big printing, like Lion uh, no. and Johnson didn't get a big printing because it was sort of you know middle of the pandemic and that. So uh, yeah, I mean, I, I still love that cover. The Lionel Johnson, or the no, the Lost in the Dams, the yeah. Spanguinius standing there looking like an absolute boss oh it's a very good cover uh, yeah that that i mean that is the that cover is the reason that i did blood angels so yeah uh okay so the neg we've got alfarius head of the hydra which i really avoided spoilers for i've had to just not go on certain parts of lexicon because <laughs> i'm just no i don't want to be spoiled to this book no that's it just that that website is such a double ended sword at the moment Oh, it um, is it is with, with limited editions coming out like so far ahead and i, I think the thing is that uh alfarius they could have we, we said it before they could literally just say um i am alfarius for the entire book and we'd still buy it and i still i still like rob's idea of it just being um redacted sort of redacted all the way through yeah and we'd still buy it I think that would do. yeah people still would yeah yeah, and just Absolutely. imagine Jonathan Keeble's boredom to it, uh, 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 you know, doing redacted, redacted, <laughs> redacted. Yeah, <laughs> you do it so this well. This section was redacted, but it'd be a quick, 
quick, you know, 25 minutes for him, probably. <laughs> probably. Uh, okay, cool. And then finally, April also is going to see Mortis, which I think I've heard very good things about. Yeah, no, um, I know Greg's been very keen on it. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting my hands on that and getting back into another book. Yeah, and then that leads us into, um, and that's book, is that book five? No, that's book, um, is that book five or book six? Oh, I'm trying to think now. Uh, uh, what five, we had. five. Sol- five. Solar Wars, Lost in the Damned. First Wall. First Wall, Seth Nine, yeah, yeah. Yep, so yeah, I forgot about First Wall. We're getting closer and closer to the end. Three more left after yeah. this. It's going to be a sad day. We don't know anything about those next two, do we either yet? Nope. I imagine we're going to see a sizable delay. However. Yeah. So I I can't imagine we'll be seeing them anytime soon. No. 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 Oh, well. That's all right. Just, you know, feed us us more stories like Fear of Magnus and we'll be happy. Yeah. I'd love to see some more short stories. That would be that would be perfect for me. Uh, but we do have some short stories to review from Christmas, so we'll try and get them done next month. I'll encourage yeah. you to read them because they're very good. OK, awesome. So what we'll do now is we'll run into. I think it's Rob's paint shack. Well, the, the brief discussion and the exciting upcoming news. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Next up, in a change to our published programming, we're going to be talking about some exciting news that we got uh, in between recording this. And this is about a new uh, section we're going to do on the show going forward uh, called Rob's Paint Shack. Uh, Indeed. To the, to the tune of the B-52's Love Shack. Fill in the, your imagination from there on in. Yeah. However, tell us tell us all about it, Mr. Rob. Well, I do more painting than anything else. Um, I, I, my, no, my rules knowledge is like a colander, you know, kind of like a sieve, but the holes are bigger. Um, you know, my, my gaming ability is pretty subpar, but I, I kind of know which end of a brush to use, and um, be that a hairy stick or a or an airbrush, I can I, I can point them in the right direction. So I thought I might add something to it, as I'm probably the one person on the show who um, said, would say that painting is probably his favourite part. That is, I know that you is, and Chris certainly wouldn't. I would not put that as my favourite part, for sure. Two, vote, two votes to agreeing with that statement. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michael's busy typing away in the background, so when he catches up listening back for editing, I'll doubtless get an answer. He's working on doing his army list. That's just he's working on his memoir. That's what he's doing. Yeah, exactly. I'm yeah. totally working on my memoir. Uh, yeah, exactly. No, no. Dear uh, Diary, today. Dear Diary, today. Once again, the Edge of Empire boys lambasted my imposter syndrome. Yeah. And I'm <laughs> very unhappy. I feel even worse now. For- <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yes. no, I think I paint more than anything. My Chemical Romance and wear, wear all black, but with one red conscious item. Mm. I, 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 I definitely think I'm painting more often now because you know COVID. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah. 
Definitely, aren't we all? I think it's something, I think that's what's kind of made me think that this might not be a bad idea. Cause... I think it's a really good idea. We've had lots of positive feedback from the stuff you've been putting on Instagram, Rob, you know, and um, some fantastic yeah. things that you've painted there as well. So I think it'd be really cool to share um, your experience and talent and ability with the wider world. I mean, we aren't pro painters and this isn't like a Miles thing. No. Nope. Um, but, you know, just to... For us lesser mortals, perhaps, um, just some ideas um, and potential ways of uh, going outside of the games workshop paint range for sure, because I'm always impressed to hear your ideas around colour and which things to use. And so I think it puts it in a nice perspective for us, and I think it'll be useful for all the listeners. So that's mm-hmm. what we're going to be doing. That is, and we've got quite a biggie to kick it off with. Mm. We have a, a, a real biggie to kick it off with. Um, so um this is something i've been working on seeing as i've just kind of you know waltzed in to stand on the shoulder of you stand on the shoulders of you three giants there and uh, kind of go hey look what i'm doing when you've done all the hard work um you've made all the hard yards in the in in the early years um i thought i would get in contact with quite a well-known company and see if they wanted to work together and they've only gone and said yes amazing um so one thing that I think a lot of people, including me, up until well, about three, four months ago, you could probably listen back and find out exactly when I got the damn thing, um, they neglect lighting. They think, oh, I'll just sit by a window or I'll just put a desk lamp on, and they don't they don't get all kind of... Um, that, is, that is exactly my setup, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, admittedly, you've only got half of one eye left in your entire body, so there's, there's a limit at the moment to, what, to how much lighting would, would work, I think. I'll give you I'll give you that one. But um, you know, prior to your current um ailment, yeah. nobody's re- nobody's really got much of an excuse up there. Um but it was exactly the same that I did. I just put some what I thought were uh, daylight temperature bulbs in my kitchen lamp in my kitchen lights and was like, Oh, I'll just sit on the kitchen table and doing that. Um but I thought, no, I'm gonna gonna get this right. So I got a daylight company lamp used to be known as the task lamp it's now the Lumi. it's the one that you see on anybody who does a paint in patreon it's that one big long bar lamp led daylight temperature and i thought you know what something that a lot of people neglect with the hobby is the lighting mm-hmm. so i sent an email to the daylight company asking if they'd be interested in working together um to see if we can you know get people to properly light their workspaces it's all well and good while you're a young'un, but when you get old, you need proper lighting, really? and uh, you know you don't want to don't want to be straining your eyes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we are now part of the Daylight Company Partner Program. Yay! Go Yay. Us. Sponsorship, so, no less. So yeah, we are officially sponsored by the Daylight Company. So we will be doing um, more videos, um, streaming type things. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to work out some way of doing some. Uh, streaming from out in the out in the out in the workshop or at least recording um from out there video wise and we'll put pop a few things up here and there and uh yeah and it's just something that i think is important that people look after their eyes and have a decent lighting setup you know no one's yeah. asking you to drop half a grand on the sort of stuff that would make a dentist envious mm. but um you know yeah for, for a bit of an investment for certainly far less than we'd bat an eyelid at spending on models there is that there totally yeah. is that 
you know what I mean? It's like, you know, people go, oh, I'm not spending that much on a light. And then you go, you know, that plastic toy that you're painting at the moment or that that resin toy that you're painting at the moment. How many times how much how many times more expensive than that lamp is that? No, you're right on the Sakaran standard. I got mine for about Sakaran standard. Yeah. Yeah, the Very cool. I yeah. mean, at the, at the minute, I've got for my lighting setup, I've got a two smart bulbs on sort of like clamp desk light type things up on mm-hmm. a shelf. Is that, and then is that so you can talk to them? Do you talk to your lights? No. All right. Okay. Just the kettle. Okay. Just check. Just, just check in. And um, a um, LED strip with daylight um, under, the, under under that shelf to illuminate my desk. And it's all right, but I'm excited to see how much better the, de- the, the, the Lumi lamp is going to be. And oh, it's gonna, it'll make a difference. I thought yes. I had decent lighting. Yeah, I think I've got decent lighting. But do I? Mm, well, we shall only find out, one seems, at some point in the future. So, yeah, I think it's a really important thing, and it's great to get some sponsorship and, uh, you know, some potential working together uh, with yeah. the Dalek company to, to see how we can uh, help expand that kind of um, yeah, so if, if there's anything to the that, rest of the heresy community. If there's anything anybody out there thinks that they... Um, you know any questions that anybody's got or you know about lighting or any uh thoughts on how a company like the daylight company might be able to better serve you know better cater to our hobby um then you know let us know and we'll feed that we'll feed that back through the through the partner contacts and whatnot Mm. Uh, because they were really interested to know about the hobby because when i spoke to the the lady at the company who i who i I arranged all this with she had no idea about the the sort of um wargaming as a hobby and when i said well pretty much anybody who's anybody is already using one of your lamps and she's like really i'm like yeah (laughs) just have have a mooch through youtube have a mooch through patreon and see who who that who that you've heard of won't be using one Mm. so yeah so it's great so like i said we can then sort of feed back to them and if there's anything that's particular around the, the hobby that we do so you know whether the lights that we have are suitable whether they can do with a little tweak to make them more suitable for um war game painting mm-hmm. but they'd love to hear that too so yeah so it's a really exciting time so let us know and if anybody's got any questions that i can answer about or thoughts then i will do my best to you know like as graham said i'm not miles i'm not henry um I'm just a pleb with an airbrush, but if I can answer a question, then I will. And if I come across anything interesting or learn something new, then that's what this section is going to be going forwards. Yeah, definitely. So like I say, any questions around general painting, how to set up paints, etc., all of that malarkey, we always go to Rob to ask his opinion. So we thought we'd just put it out there as a little uh, section within our own, with our show going forward. Yeah, so I think it'll be nice to come back hopefully next month because i'm not counting on them getting them out to us like right away you know because uh it's pandem- almost like it's almost like there's something going on in the world at the moment isn't there yeah exactly pandemic is a bit thing you know putting back <clears> everything <throat> um but i am very very interested to see as I said, how much of a difference this will make to my site um i know megan has been a little bit jealous and she's been like uh, i want it on my desk <laughs> well you can you know just undo the clamp you might want to put a padlock on yours then mike now i'm going to try and get it in the middle here somewhere so that um, it can move either side because it's on a 
arm, isn't it? So yeah, it is. Yeah, it's on an angle poise type. I'll uh, steal it when I'm not looking. Quite right, too, Megan. Quite right. When the lights are off and night time. There you go. Yeah, clear its power cut and disappear. But as well as that, I know that she does a lot of crochet at the table, especially in the mornings when I'm not around. And so, so, so it'll make a difference from that because it's not just, you know obviously painting. painting that this is yes. useful for. No, no, the uh, Daylight Company have actually got a specific um, R&D department for the, for craft, which is sort of sewing and needlework type thing. That's something that they look into. So that's why I was really surprised they'd never heard of people painting little dollies. Yeah, my my, fr- my friend um, Mary, she, she's a she's big into dressmaking. Um, she's like, she, she's just, she makes all her own clothes and stuff. She's got like dozens of sewing machines. And I mentioned to her, I'm getting the, t- uh, you know, we got this sponsorship deal. I'm getting a task lamp, and she was like, she was, she was very envious. So it's you, you know, and she was like, oh, why didn't I know that people use them for your hobby as well? It makes sense. Yeah, totally does. Cool. So, so we shall look forward to that next month. Um, mm-hmm. like I say, we, if you've got any questions in the meantime for for Rob, painting ones, we'd love to hear them. So we can we can have a chat about it. Yeah. Otherwise, we uh, we might just talk about general things. But yeah, look forward to that next month. Next up, we are joined from across the globe uh, with the most awesome Tom Gould, who uh, is going to come here and talk to us all about the Mournaval rule set and events um, that have been going on in Australia uh, for some years now. And obviously with the episode that we're doing, it ties in very nicely. Um, we reached out uh, to Tom because really we wanted to get a bit of history behind this uh, awesome piece of work and to find out the process and all the other cool stuff that's going on. So without further ado, it's Chris and, my, Chris and I on the call. But very warm welcome to you uh, this evening for you, uh, Tom. Oh, there you are, Chris. Oh. So... How are you keeping? How's things in Australia, first of all? Uh, yeah, pretty good. Um, things are starting to sort of get back to normalcy now. Vaccines are being rolled out, so nice. yeah, events, things are coming back. It's good. Oh, cool. Yeah, we're still a bit of a ways off here. Um, let's say we've got our events in. We're supposed to be in March, that ain't happening. Um, we're probably looking at October, November now, just to be safe. Yeah. But yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can start playing again because it, it has literally been a year. Uh, if not longer since the last other game. So great stuff. So with with that happening, uh, the one thing we like to do on when we interview people is we like to get an understanding of their origin story, you know, that epic origin story that would probably be a montage in a film. Um, <coughs> the radioactive you know, spider bite, the uh, bit of resin of getting dodged under the skin. That could be. Yeah. Any of those things are perfectly reasonable. So tell us, Tom, if you will, how did you start off in this crazy hobby of ours? Well, my uh, montage would be a little bit like uh, the first season of Stranger Things, I think, playing some Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So when I, when I went to school, I fell in with bad company, people that listened to heavy metal and liked um, Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> and then uh, one day I was in the game shop looking for some um, Forgotten Realms books to read or something, and I saw a copy of this uh, this soft cover book, but it had this crazy looking armored dudes ripping uh, orcs heads off and shooting these huge guns everywhere. And I thought, wow, what's that? And I cracked it open and it was the rogue trader book and the contents just blew me away. All the little models and uh, all the conversions they'd done back in those days, like mm. the deodorant can um, skimmers and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So 
fell in love at first sight with uh, miniature wargaming, and I got right into that. Brought the uh, the Rogue Trader plastics and the old metal um, Marines on little twenty five mil bases, and tried to get a few of my friends in, and um, yeah, just played with my high school buddies and a few other people around the local town. Um, so that that was pretty much my intro to it. That uh, that and D heavy metal combo that's got a lot to answer for because i feel like there's a little <laughs> bit of a parallel universe going on here because i'm pretty yeah. sure that that's very similar to a lot of people's myself included uh gateway yeah. drug into this crazy hobby so yeah Definitely. it's got a lot to answer for <laughs> that tom hanks film back in the 1980s yeah, it, it, it was spot on i can't remember yeah. what was it was it called dungeon drugs i can't remember what it was called it had a weird name didn't it but yeah yeah anyway moving on sorry mate Oh, yeah, and then I had a bit of a break, like most people, you know, went off, got mm. a job, um, and then came back when the heresy books were um, starting to kick around and uh, Tempest Fugitives were putting out their supplements as well. So back in the olden days when there was no real Forge World um, support of heresy models per se, but you could scrape up the odd Mark V pieces or Mark VI pieces. And so, yeah, did some gaming back before the actual Forge World rules came out, back you know, 2006 to 2012, and that was really wow. good stuff. But then totally blown away when Forge World actually released Black Book 1, Betrayal. Yeah. It's fantastic. A, it, I mean, it was a hell of a book as well. I mean, just the presentation of the whole thing. It's, it, it, yeah. yeah, I, I mean, think the, the, the books are... Yeah. They are a beautiful thing, aren't they? That gap yeah, here as well, I think, was a, you know, a lot of people do that, don't they? Kind of go away from it after a while, start working and what have you, and then come back to it. But, um, yeah, so we've got you to the start of the hobby, but that's still a big leap from, you know, writing rule sets and stuff. So so what happened next? So um, I've been listening to uh, a lot of podcasts, 40K podcasts, like the Independent Characters. Um, yeah. Did you guys ever listen to them? Yeah, yeah, yeah I used to listen to Carl all the time. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, those guys, and uh, they were really pro Forge World, so that piqued my interest. And obviously, uh, Forge World in those days had a lot of Imperial Guard tanks type stuff, so mm. they really did it for the the more military modeler type yeah. type vibe, which was which was uh, also tickling my fancy. And then the Eye of Horus podcast came along after um, well, about what twenty thirteen, I think they probably popped up, and so that scratched my itch for for podcasts for my new niche passion, which had moved from 40K to being completely about 30K. And they were very um, big on the cent- the whole idea of the Centurion rules, like making your mm. games look like the cover of the novels with heaps, season men, heaps of dudes, not as many um, big units. And also it's a little bit more um, affordable when you don't have to buy yeah. like a Forge World Warlord or a, <laughs> a Warhound. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, yeah, got right into the Eye of Horus sort of um, mind space, and then they were running some events up in Brisbane. Went up to a couple of those. Uh, there are events here in Sydney as well and Canberra, and uh, they were more the, the bigger type battles, like the 3,000 points or 2,500-point Age of Darkness battles. Yep. There wasn't that, um, that sort of Centurion vibe anywhere and i wanted to scratch that i really like zone mortalis played a heap of zone mortalis lucky uh to live near a game store that had an actual forge world zone mortalis board nice so heaps of the guys that i game with uh i met through playing there at the store and, and meeting them and uh yeah there's heaps of guys with a hard for heresy and um then just talking chatting to the eye of horus guys at their events and then via um facebook messenger and whatnot uh, just we sort of 
cogitated this whole Centurion rule set together and uh, ran a couple of – I started running events here in Sydney back in 2016 to nice. make use of that Centurion rule set, and that was pretty much the uh, the leap-off point because once we'd invented our own, um, like, uh, Centurion rule set, then everything sort of flowed from that. Got you. And it's become so. I mean, Centurion is such a big thing now. You know, it must be quite gratifying to see how much sort of that that idea has taken off and sort of become sort of one of the standard gaming styles of yeah. the game. Yeah, well, I think it coincided really neatly with when there were, especially the Kalth box came out, because then you had basically uh, Zone Mortalis Force, and it really didn't take very much to turn that from like a thousand points of Zone Mortalis into fifteen hundred of Centurion, and people yeah. could add in their own little bits and pieces without breaking the budget. Um, and it, it was, yeah, it was probably a lot to paint, but if you spaced it out over a while, you know, you did a squad every couple of weeks, then pretty soon, if you got an event to work four in a month or, or so people make these armies and then you've got all the infantry and then you can do just you know the interesting things like flyers and tanks to to build up to the the larger battles with all the all the toys yeah i mean we've definitely i mean we've run um centurion we ran a centurion uh, event uh, in the evening at blood and glory um it's such a great system you know and it's and it's really easy for people to understand like I say it's it's a great kind of gateway thing i mean we use it you know like i say i think a lot of people do use it as an intro to say you know if mm. you get 1500 points we can have just have a little game of centurion and like you say if it takes your fancy you can move out to sort of age of darkness or beyond or into the other different kind of variations but it's a super little um like i say a good starter system and it doesn't have to break the bank cause, i mean we all know that forge world getting anything from forge world is blooming expensive and even if you space out over time and i think a lot of people just want to sort of get in and start playing with something you know like the games workshop start you know begin collecting boxes which unfortunately we don't have in heresy anymore so yeah a fantastic yeah. piece of work there mate yeah thanks well it wasn't me it was mainly the IF Horus guys oh, right, we just yeah. <laughs> take it around yeah just yeah. so full credit to them yeah uh, um so yeah we uh so i ran a few events here in sydney uh dom santilli he's on uh, Instagram as the Whisperheads. He does amazing Death Guard. Before that, he had World Eaters, and before that, he had uh, Sons of Forest. Uh, he's mainly doing uh, Necromunda these days. Uh, he and I had quite an interest in the historical aspects, so we ran an Isfan 3 campaign back in 2017 using all, all his awesome terrain, and uh, that was <laughs> really good because the actual events that played out in the the campaign were really similar to the sort of historical narrative. Nice. Yeah, quite gratifying as well. Um, and now I see East Fan 3. I returned East Fans. Yeah. The big thing that's yeah. at the moment. You guys must be itching to get onto that once you can have events again. Yeah, definitely. But, yeah, no, that's, that, that is awesome. So um, what about it's the funny sport? that East Fan 3 has a, a bit more of an allure than East Fan 5 from what I can see. It's weird, East isn't Fan it? Because I suppose East Fan 3 is the – the start of it all and it's it really is brother v brother it's not like legion v legion it's like you know their own brothers turning on each other which i think is a really cool narrative so um yeah i i think that's a, that's a, that maybe that's what the allure is of just the sort of start of it all i think you know i think yeah. it's that sort of the opening opening salvo <clears throat> rings the loudest kind of thing you know it just resonates a little bit and also it's quite a as graham said it's, it's a bit it's a bit more of a compact situation you haven't got, you know, seven or eight legions. It is, you know, just a few. And that kind of makes it a little bit more 
I suppose it makes it a bit more easier for people as well that are doing it um, because you can play off each other with ideas and stuff a little bit more and share ideas yeah. without it being too sort of sporadic, I guess. Do you, do you think, um, I don't know what the, because obviously, you know, me and Fluff, um, do, <laughs> is, there, is there more written about Istvan 3 than there is about 5? I'm trying to think. I know there's like Flight of the Eisenstein and stuff, which is said then. You know, and other books around that. Just wondered if that was maybe another reason. It probably is the same or more about his fan three when I actually think about it with the novels. Um, yeah, five doesn't really. Ulgram that talks about the drop site massacre. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, so there you are. So we got so that that sort of first thing was the Eye of Horus is uh, Centurion. How did you go from that to creating this? Um, this so this is kind of the history of the rule set. Now we're into um, how did that happen? So what was the sort of process there? Yeah, so Dom and I were looking at um, how late Crusade legions would be organised, and that uh, sprung us into the Centurion Rights of War, where we've got the Tactical Company, the oh, Breacher yeah. Company, Company, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, the, by far and away the most popular one is the Destroyer Company. People yep. seem to just really love Destroyers. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was definitely a theme when we were looking at them. Yeah, heaps of people jumped on those for the Eastfan 3 campaign that we ran. And shout out to Dave Carpenter from Tasmania. He ran the first Destroyer Company, I think, and he lost every game that he played, unfortunately. He loved every dice roll, I expect. You know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then once people saw that we were um, creating this new stuff, then people had ideas and they were contributing um, you know, in face-to-face at events, saying, what about this thing? You know, I read about this in a book. I read, I saw this. People have been talking about this. And then uh, we had a Facebook group going by that time, so then people started to chuck ideas there where it was a good place for people to discuss things and we could put up draft ideas. Uh, and also at the time... We're still playing a lot of games down in Canberra and also with um, the Age of Darkness guys here in Sydney, not the Age of Darkness podcast. It was actually the Loaded Dice podcast guys, but they were playing all Age of Darkness battles. So um, there were a lot of uh, Andrew Hollis from Oz30K was um, very big on pushing the whole agents, agents of the Emperor. um, And now he's got a lot of Xenos stuff as well. Yep. Uh, but our main focus was the Imperial aspects, so like the Assassins and things like that. So we collaborated with all those ones. And um, people seem to like them for narrative flavour as well. Like it's handy to have a uh, an event day about uh, like navigators and you're trying to steal navigators off each other or assassinate the enemy's navigator or whatever. So it's um, they're oh, really nice for Centurion-level things. I think they get mm. maybe a little bit lost in Age of Darkness battles where everything just gets blown up by huge templates. But same with Thomas. <laughs> And Centurion, you can um, have a bit more of the uh, narrative development. I see what you mean, yeah, because I suppose it's, you know, when you've got 3,000 points, it's hard to pick out a particular individual in that. With 1,500 points or less, there's more chance of that, you know, the characters maybe take on a little bit more meaning, unless you're Chris, of course, and it's Valdor, in which case every every (coughs) dice roll is pain. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like that with all of my characters. I just, you know, if they've got a name, I'm very attached to them. I'm okay, just, I just chuck them in there. Classic personal know, about me. Just like, yeah, yeah off you go. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the personal nature of combat for me. Yeah, very much. Point of view. Very much. So, the bullets yes. the important bit. Yes, we've interrupted you once again. I'm sorry about this, Tom. <laughs> well, that's so, yeah, so 
having some games uh, in the local area and getting that feedback from sort of people at events and sort of over Facebook, that did that sort of help? Like I say, the Destroyer Company was a lot of people have latched onto that. You know, oh, Destroyer is fantastic. Uh, how? I mean, obviously, there's a lot more than just Destroyer Companies. So is it has it just been like a iteration? Is it like somebody's come up with an idea and you've you guys have kind of um, gone, oh yeah, that's a cool idea. What could we do with that sort of thing? Yeah, the Centurion Rights of War didn't take too many iterations. They were mainly just floated around amongst the the core mournable dudes way back in like 2016 and the Eye of Horus guys, and we just thrashed out some ideas and then play tested them through 2016, 2017. Um, the units are a little bit more interesting where we've made up things yeah. like um, Breacher Support Company and Assault Support Company. So I was talking to the Age of uh, Darkness podcast guys back in 2016 because they were quite interested in um, unit taxes and analysing how points were constructed at the time. So I developed a bit of an algorithm which was handy in applying that to um, the development of new Astartes units. It's a lot harder with non-Astartes stuff. Those things are much harder to judge. But when it comes down to space Marines, it comes to space marines, pretty pretty well quantified. No, that's right, pretty well uh, quantified through uh, my algorithm that I run, and um, that gave us a good idea for some uh, more options, basically more uh, internal options within an army list um, for people who want to run, you know, more breacher-heavy type stuff or go a bit more demon-y with the possessed Astartes or whatever. Got you. So do you like sort of start with a base sort of a starties template and then plus or minus that depending on the sorts of things that the unit does sort of things that the sort of way the algorithm works without giving it away obviously but it sounds really cool yeah oh yeah i can talk about the algorithm if you want but it might take a while yeah so basically you just get a, a normal marine with a bolt pistol frag and crack grenades and then just add things on from there so if they've got right. scoring if they've got a bolt gun if they've got feel no pain if they've got a breaching uh boarding shield or um hardened armor or whatever so yeah okay cool that makes total sense nice so, and is that sort of, so like I say, some of these units, I mean, there's a lot of units in there. I mean, we've been through them uh, with quite some depth. I mean, there's an awful lot you've done there. Um, how have the, so how have, is that the, um, in terms of that kind of general process, I suppose, have you uh, have you found any that you've you've put in and then thought, no, we've got to change that? Or have any of you thought, actually, this this is another area that we would want to explore? Oh, that's a really good question. So currently my um, formatting wizard, Stu, shout out to Stu, is uh, working on updating it. Uh, the book was written as version 3.0, which was 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah, a couple of the entries have changed and been tweaked since then. So he's updating it to version 3.6, which does uh, tone a few things down a little bit. Uh, I wouldn't say it expands any of these options particularly, just uh, maybe a few little tweaks. Oh, yeah. but some things that we missed at the time or some combos that um uh... so, yeah it's, it's balancing a i suppose sort of making it nothing game breaking it must be a real you know you've got the yeah. algorithm but then you've actually got to <coughs> maths will only get you so far in when it's sort of then yeah. putting it on the table so i guess yeah, balancing exactly. is, is a really hard thing to sort of get right is it something yeah. that's sort of the, the hardest part for you Yes, and that's where uh, we need playtesting and people to give feedback on it. Like a, a classic example is a destroyer squad. Uh, you could arm them with all sorts of things. Lots like they could have two plasma pistols, one in each hand, and all sorts of bombs and whatever. But 
the truth is a lot of the time they land and they get shot before they get close to the the enemy or they might land and they might get one turn of firing in and then everyone turns around and destroys them. So that's, if you that's just how you play this game, isn't it? So that's, how that's, you, Chris, that's Chris's <laughs> primary tactic. <laughs> if you just play, add all the points up, it doesn't always give a full picture and some yeah. other bits, uh, turn out to be a bit more effective than, than just the, the bits and pieces. So there is a bit of tweaking up and down for sure. Um, in terms of, uh, the variety that's being expanded with the battle manual somewhat. So there's the mm-hmm. rule book, the hardcover one that you guys might have, but uh, we're also working on the battle manual. Unfortunately, um, COVID came along roughly when I put the first iteration of the battle manual out. So there hasn't been a huge number of um, battles that play tested a lot of this stuff to, to give me feedback. Um, so that's got some new units in like a third legion sun killers. We did get a bit of playtesting here in Sydney and found out they're pretty strong. So they've been tweaked a bit. So the iteration goes on with providing feedback and eventually it gets to a point where one person in a, in a discussion in a Facebook thread, will go, no, these guys are terrible. They're undercosted. They're woke. We'll never take them. And another person will will say, oh yeah, they're super good. They're great. I put them in every list. And then I know we've hit the right spot. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose, do you have like a a, sort of a limit? I suppose, how many games have to be played before you make an adjustment or is it sort of an instantaneous kind of thing? Oh, no, there's no definite limit, but um, we'd have to, I'd have to see them probably at a few events that I'm at and just suss them out and then hear some anecdotes from other people as well, just to get a bit of a a breadth because I think um, if you play with a lot of the same dudes, like we might have 30 dudes here in Sydney that play, uh, pretty consistently together, and so that, that's got its own little, you know, ecosystem, which could be very different from somewhere in America or England. So it's, I, I do think there's a little external influence, so you don't just get trapped in your own little niche. Yeah, I mean that's something we quite often level at Forge Road, to be honest with you, which is that you know they sometimes come out with these rules, and you're thinking, how on earth could you not think that that would do that? And I guess, you know, you sort of think, well, maybe that's, that that bubble thing happens. You know, they're playing it at HQ and they're all playing in a similar kind of way or mindset and you put it out in the world and people are like, well, that's that, that's broken then. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, so I think that's a really good point, like I say, to get that kind of separate, which is obviously I'm assuming, you know, when people are playing this stuff across the world now, um, getting that feedback to you is important. Yeah, it was a, it's been really good. Like the um, interestingly enough, the Norwegians and the Danes seem mm-hmm. to really get into it, early and then had some dudes from Sweden, Sweden give me feedback, and then uh, a lot of Americans and then the Brits and all over Australia. So yeah, it's been good. That is awesome. So in terms of all the stuff that you, I mean, whoever the Solar Auxiliary stuff is great as well. I mean, I'm a Solar Auxiliary player, and it's a very sparse list, the Forge World one, and it's lovely to see some other bits and pieces going in there, particularly a full-on tank company, which is always going to make me happy. Yeah. Um, so that's, that must be even more difficult because that's a weird army. You know, I was looking mm. at the points in that and think, that is, where did you dream that up, Forge World? But, you know, it has got a weird kind of, you can't really put any sense sometimes behind the way it's been costed in Forge World. Do you, I mean, that, there's some really great units you've put in there, and, but they, they seem really sensible as well, if you see. I mean, it's like, I don't understand why they probably weren't in there in the first first place, like the engineering support squad, like taking melter guns. I mean, it's not game-breaking, is it? I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, a lot of it seems pretty straightforward stuff, like the breaches support squad where you just yeah. swap a bolt gun for a melter gun or the solar auxilia engineer section, same idea. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really strange. Well, um, 
when they redo the Red Books, which is one of my hopes, they might um, think about expanding some of these things, especially solar ox. Yeah, I think uh, it's been fortunate here in Sydney to have quite a number of um, quite veteran solar ox players played heaps and heaps of games with them. So they had a pretty good idea of where the balance points were for unit effectiveness and, and cost. So, yeah, it's a nice little uh, addition to have that I wouldn't really be on top of because I'm pretty much just a gun pig myself. Yeah, that's a local thing. I mean, I've never heard that. So you'd have to explain to us, you know, stupid Brits, what is a gun pig by your definition? Because I think it sounds uh, like just, me. Uh, probably a member of the Fourth Legion. <laughs> yes. Someone who's a little <laughs> yep. a bit slower than normal, but really good with a boulder and some, some ceramide battle plate. There you go. I think I'm definitely in that camp as well. So there yeah. we go. That's awesome. That's gun pig. Graham gun pig. I like that. Anyway, <laughs> um, in terms of the, the thing that you're most proud of, so you've done a, there's a huge amount, heaps of work in there, <clears throat> uh, lots of stuff from all over, lots of different contributors. Uh, what's the thing that you, you know, I mean, it's gone across the world, so it's global. Um, in terms of the units or just generally, what's the thing that you sort of look back on with the most uh, sort of happiness, if you like? Well, there is a bit of a recurring theme to a lot of the units that I developed, and that's to uh, introduce plastic sort of heresy, which I know yeah. some people are yeah. a little bit aghast at. But um, when you have things like the – I see it more and more, the plastic 40K speeders yeah. and – work i think they look really good so I've, I've been pleased to introduce that sort of element and um using the 40k scouts as veteran reconnaissance squads for instance yeah i like that to to answer your question succinctly i really like the veteran recon squad and i use them a lot um practically every game i'll play with them i use them in my night lords i'm going to use them in a few weeks with my white scars um i've got them in my raven guard so nice really <laughs> really like the ability to have slightly better snipers than mm. uh, standard rulebook because they're quite lackluster, really. The, the damage that they do is, uh, from the Forge World version, pretty underwhelming. Whereas these I, guys, I always think sniper rifles yeah, should be so much better than they are. Yeah, well, rending yeah, and rending and thingy, it doesn't, you know, you hear about a sniper rifle and you think that's going to do whatever the hell it needs to do. That doesn't matter. Oh, no. Mate, I've missed. I've, it's not done anything. It's trash. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I've, I've played against a guy. Sorry. There was a – I played against – because, you know, I don't know if you – you may not get this, but we – because we play in lots of different – because, like, in the northeast of England, there's lots of different clubs, which is great, you know, really good scene. And um, we also play across the UK. But it's weird how rules can get misinterpreted in one area of the country – and, and a different one in a different area of the country here. So I remember I played against the guy who'd set up a load of snipers, and I was like, well, I've got mainly tanks. What's he doing? He's like, put them right in front of my tanks. And he's like, right, I'm going to – you know, these, these guns have got rending. I'm like, whoa, hold on, mate. They haven't got an armor penetration value. They, they, they can't actually get through the armor of the tank. And he was like, oh, I didn't realize that. Because I think they've been playing the old 6 edition, which I think they did get like a like a rending thing or something. But, yeah, it's just – you're right. I think they are they are underwhelming. I, I, I'm doing a um, Ultramarines recon company. I mean, I, I like the models a lot, but yeah, you're right. They aren't. They're not going to set the world on fire. And uh, so it's nice to give them a little bit of um, bit of bit of a push. It's a really good point you've made there because I've got like third edition rules. I didn't play much second ed, and obviously Rogue Trader is quite different in 25 yeah. years ago. Yes. But Don't say ed, that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel really old. Ed, all jumbled around in my head. 
Yeah. And yeah, things like that can come up, like certain terrain, like um, minutiae about the terrain rules and all those yeah. other rules. Yeah, it's, I say it does quite often happen. It's like, you know, actually, or even, I mean, this is saying you know, we talk about this in the actual, this episode about the FAQ or lack of F- FAQ from Forge World. And there's some things that it's just like, oh, come on. You know, we have this every event. <laughs> there's always something that comes up and you're thinking it just it needs a sentence just to sort that out. Um, but again, this is kind of part of the theme of this month's episode, I suppose, is that that sort of community are doing it for themselves kind of thing. And, you know, where we have, where there are those things, people are going, actually, do you know what? We can, we can locally sort that out, which I think is really cool. Um, yeah. And I think it's the beauty of the 30 K community, right? Like mm. general veteran type gamers, more mature type dudes. And yeah, people just work it out themselves. Yeah. And I think that is a, it's a definite, I mean, in terms of the sort of community-ness of it all, I mean, so many things happen. I mean, just podcasts alone, you know, you've got one for every day of the week, probably two mm. or three actually. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like everybody's got a group is doing a podcast which is just amazing but you know you only think there's all the events that people run there's all the variations on the rules that people have done different time periods you know everything so much community content uh, it's staggering really and you think and in sort of forge world or games workshop you something think you know are they doing this deliberately or are they just ignoring us but, uh, yeah just trying to be anyway, nice. yeah just trying to anyway so there you go so the uh heavy sorry the Veteran Recon uh, Company is definitely your favourite. Um, what about um, any plans? Obviously, COVID. Um, but have you got any plans or cool stuff coming up in the next twelve months, hobby-wise? I've been um, quite into Adeptus Titanicus over the last couple of years, ever since it <clears> came <throat> out, and especially with that new um, starter set, that's amazing value. So yep. I've actually purchased a couple of those ones, and I'm looking to make. Uh, I've already got a Legio Crucius. Battle group, which is pretty big, but I'm gonna they're the good guys. Now I'm gonna make the bad guys. I'm gonna do Legio Volturum plus some Malinax, I think. Nice. Malinax Knights. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, well, so Chris I've been working that. on um, terrain, terrain for Titanicus too. Uh, in terms of 28 mil, yeah, just mainly some uh, more terrain bits and pieces, just to continue to use at the events here in Sydney. Do you ever, I mean, we have this problem, right? Because we have to store all of our terrain for the events, and that is usually, and that's a lot of terrain. I mean, I don't know how many, we get, I think we, we have 30, 18 tapes worth. Yeah, and you have to store all that and get it to the event because it's a right pain. That is the one thing about terrain, isn't it? It's like, it's great, and it looks superb, and it's like, where am I going to put all these boxes <laughs> of terrain in my house? I think, my, I think we've actually got storage. Michael's got storage, so I'm going to put it all now. But, yeah, it's a, it's another one of those event organiser things that people, you know, forget about, I think, sometimes. that yeah. There's a lot of, lot of effort there. I've got, the, I've got a lock-up garage, fortunately, yeah. so my car yeah. fits in enough room for some shelves at the back. So I've got these shelves that are just completely full from top to bottom with tubs and boxes of terrain. That's what Sorry. we need, a lock-up garage. That's where we're going wrong. We're yeah, thinking if anyone breaks into it, they'll just go, nope, leave yeah, it. Just, just next, next one, what the hell is this? <laughs> cool. So what about, um, to sort of go back to the earlier point, I suppose, what about, uh, what What would you like to see? This is a, this is a difficult question. Um, what would you like to see or would hope to see um, from Forge World or Games Workshop or any other kind of people that, that contribute towards this hobby uh, in the next year or so. Is there anything that you're thinking, oh, that would be great when that happens or will happen? Yeah, well, given how slow they've been to get stuff out, I don't know, 
reasons behind that. I think anything would be would be nice. But as you said, uh, an FAQ. There's some things that are pretty obvious that would be pretty easy for them to put out. But I think even better than an FAQ would be if they went back and revised all the red books and did a re-release of those ones because we've got all the legions now. Yeah, uh, don't have Dark Mechanicum, so maybe yeah. the Mechanicum could wait till later. And we don't really have Imperial Army or um, maybe the full range of the solar auxilia type units, but we've got all the Legion stuff. Now we've got a heap of things that have come out in the last few black books that need to be added in like the uh, Arcus and the Saber and all those other the new jet bike units and things. Yeah, exactly. So I think the red books are screaming out to be updated and that would cover a lot of the FAQ stuff. Um, I think Anuj did a great job when he went back and revisited uh, Ashen Circle, Palatine Blades, things like that. The tweaks that he made were tip-top in my opinion. They really fitted the algorithm quite well. (laughs) I'd like to see that. Uh, When he redid Night Raptors, I'm a a mad Night Lords player and – Night Raptors, beautiful. They're such super glass hammers now. If you use them right, they'll destroy anything. And if you use them wrong or your dice go cold on you, then, yeah, they're just going to shatter into a million pieces, and that's the way it should be. Yeah, got you. yeah that's my next my next project, actually. So I'm just finished off some Mechanicum. I might uh, have a break for a bit because I've just been constantly painting for a year now. Um, but my next, my next thing is definitely going to be a, a Night Lord's Army, just to do something very different to what I normally do, you know, so more sort of close combat jetpack based thing basically a chris army i mean that's his kind of forte so there you go um all about the glass hammer so you are the glass hammer. Titan- oh sorry yeah in terms of titanicus i'm keen for the war master to come out so mm. i can paint that up but i think uh we need another plastic starter it's, set is, is titanicus something you you're going to sort of expand into rules wise do you think or? there are some stuff isn't there in the box there are some bits of pieces i was looking at the other day yeah. isn't it? Yeah, in the in the rule book we've got uh, a little section at the back there. Uh, mainly that's uh, ripping off Graham Sanders and his great missions. The uh, official GW rule missions aren't great, and the no. ten that he mm. came up with are really good. Uh, we've tweaked them a little bit even further. So in the battle manual, which is a digital only publication, hopefully at some stage it'll get turned into a hardcover once we get some more playtesting and feedback and iron out all the the intricacies of it, there's going to be um, updated missions for Adeptus Titanicus. So that will that will be um, a publication that people can use, uh, maybe expand on the deployments that are available to them. And there's a few army list tweaks, mainly the um, Acastus Knight Porphyrian. Because uh, the way that GW, it, it came out, uh, the rules were ridiculously overpowered. Mm-hmm. And the way they took it was by increasing the points cost and making it super limited as to how many you could take. Like it's really quite hard to get more than two Acastus in a, a, a battle group now. Yeah, yeah. Which is a problem for, for night households, I think. And I'm going to make uh, paint my Malinax up and then give it a play and see how it goes. But, Especially uh, for the, the people that bought six of the thing i mean I, i'm not one of them but it, it, people have bought six of them and they're now going oh well hang on a second yeah you know it's it's exactly it, it, there is a, there are there are better ways to approach things than just showing some extra points on and, and saying you can take two yeah, of I, them yeah i thought they should have just um, dropped all the stats down so that's mm, what we did yeah. uh crunched the numbers and looked at how they translated all the 28 stats into uh quarter scale and then i applied that to the a castus, and we've been playing with that for a while, and it seems fine. So 
take the blast off the weapons, reduce the strength a little bit, and yeah, it's great. Same nice. points cost. Works well. Nice. Cool. I love the sort of reverse engineering of their rules. I think that's absolutely epic. Um, talking about missions, actually, that's something else that's, you know, talking about uh, aspirations, I suppose. Because we had the same six missions now since, well, since the Black Book one, I guess. And I think that's one of the other things that's sadly lacking. You know, I don't know about you, but I know you've got on a, your own sort of mission section in the in the in your player packs and stuff. But that's something that I think that you know um, we could definitely be, be given a look at. Um, having yeah, more be, missions to play would be great. I think. Oh, for sure, that'd be a pretty easy win for them too if they just even collated a heap of the missions together that they already have and stick yeah. them in a red book. Or age of dark yeah i mean that's what but we were thinking the... actually one of the guys bill bonker from um he was doing the uh, las vegas open when it was a year or two back he basically just read i don't know he sort of just emailed people and say can you send some missions in one mission from each sort of podcast or event or organizer and i was thinking actually that you know you could probably put a decent enough set of 20 missions together just by doing that with sort of various mm. people across the world so but yeah interesting stuff so um, um, but also, just to continue on. with your question, I think um, there's been some rumours floating around about plastic starter sets, so hopefully that happens. Yeah, there's like a reset the clock thing on the plastic. It's like the squats, isn't it? They're going to do a plastic with Mark II, Mark II armour, you know, or, or, or uh, jump packs. Yeah. Of wish listing, but hopefully we'll be able to manifest this into reality. Through it's lovely, wouldn't it? Event. It would be lovely because it's just, uh, yeah, it's – I think that's the thing that worries people the most, Tim. I think when you know it's a it's a worry that I mean we we're kind of like onboarding people all the time into the hobby. You know, really lucky that you know we've got a local kind of club up here or shop up here that does a heresy night uh, once a month, and that's a really great way of you know people are saying, oh, I'm in the northeast, but I'm interested in playing heresy. So we'll come along to this and we do some you know we do an intro game and stuff, and then people start coming along to that. But it's that it's a it's a difficult on ramp. You see what I mean? Unlike you know, some of the other sort of games workshop systems, you know, where there's like start collecting boxes or whatever. I think you're right in terms of the, the Centurion definitely helps all the smaller scale games like Takurian as well uh, to get people used to it. But just the cost, the initial outlay is still pretty prohibitive, I think. Mm. And that plastic box would make a huge difference. Yeah, and I guess it's a bit intimidating too. Like for us, it's fine because we've had years mm. and years and we've seen these books. But for someone who comes in and you say, well, you need to buy these four red books and then. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> yeah that is mad isn't it you know it's like you need this one it's just 30 quid that one's 30 quid that'll get you started and then you know you're going to need to buy you know this forge world unit that forge world unit there are not much change out of 50 quid each um if you're lucky usually 70 80 quid minimum and it's you know it's an expensive I mean, we know it's an expensive hobby but it's it, it, even the games workshop stuff's expensive but it's almost affordable if you see what i mean because i think forge world is getting to the point where it's i mean when you're looking at like you know no change out a hundred pounds for a ten man squad or whatever on occasions for you know it just becomes yeah and you know, I suppose it's, it's even worse for Australia because I think it's you have like a huge amount I think it's a lot more expensive isn't it over there we've we've heard so yeah that does kind of yep. suck we got the Australian tax they got this geo locking yeah. thing so yeah yeah that, that does totally suck so anything um. Anything you want to give a shout out to before we before we let you go and get get on with your your Monday night? Oh, thank you, Graham. Um, <laughs> I just want to shout 
everybody who um, uses the Mournival rulebook stuff and um, now the Battle Manual as well, and even the Imperialis Auxilia Army List, and um, asks questions and gives feedback and plays games with it and has ideas in the Facebook group. That's really awesome. And, yeah, thank you. Keep it up. I think it's... Um, that, um, that Imperialis Auxilia list is something I've been looking at for the last few days quite heavily because I've... It, it, it's, it's unlocked a door for me that I thought was closed. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy for that. We got some Krieg, Kriegman or something? No, I've got some Tanith models that I'm, I'm, I'm building. Oh. So I'm going to build a, a recon, um, a light armored company because they get Camelina and everything. So that oh. uh, I, I thought that door was locked, but uh, you, you've, you've opened that particular one. So that's uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. So yes, I just to say uh, thanks ever so much for joining us. But but more than that, thanks ever so much for taking the time to put all this stuff together, because uh, I think it's it's an epic piece of work. It really is a superb um, document, and people haven't already downloaded or or bought a copy of this book. You you really should, because it's just great, and it just gives a nice change and a difference and and a little bit of love to something that feels a little bit neglected sometimes. So thanks ever so much, Tom. It's really great for you to to spend some time with us today, and really appreciate it. So thanks. My pleasure, Graham and Chris. It's, yeah, it's thank been you. great chatting to you guys, and um, thank thank you for putting out podcasts so that we can listen to them while we hobby. And, <laughs> and <laughs> no worries. All right, mate. We'll take it easy. Have a good evening, and uh, no doubt we'll be in, be in contact in the future. Yeah, yeah. Talk to you again soon. There we go, Cheers, mate. See you. Bye. Bye. Okay, guys. Uh, now it's time to sort of we're gonna we've had that little bit of a chat with um, about the uh, Mornaval, uh, you know, rule set with the writer, and um, we're gonna sort of talk about a little bit about the units that we've liked in there um, because I think there's a lot of really interesting stuff in there, and um, definitely want to do something with that because they look really cool. So, who wants to start with their their first unit? Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I can start. I think it's a, another sort of bit of context, I suppose, is people because obviously not everybody would have seen these. So, um, so these are available. They are, as we talked to the previous uh, section, um, you know, created from the Mournaval events uh, that have been run uh, in Australia, but they've kind of spanned out across the globe. To be honest, we used in America and, and in this country as well, in the UK. So, I think it's a really interesting concept. And, and when we picked these up the first time, we were like, oh, this is a cool idea. Um, I like the way that the the PDF that we have, from, which is free from um, their site, uh, is nicely broken down as well. It's sort of put together like a Forge World book. Um, it kind of goes into a couple of things. First of all, there's the, the, the Centurion rule set, which most people would probably be familiar with now, I guess. It's almost become a de facto way of playing the game up to a certain yeah. point level. Um and so there's lots of stuff in there which we, we've we've you know we've we've talked through. They've added things like sort of rights of war specifically for Centurion. Um, originally, as I got kind of wrong this morning, but the Eye of Horus podcast were the people that did Centurion first, and Mordeval kind of tagged onto that and started to think actually this is a good idea. We can maybe do some more stuff. Um, there's also the Decurion, which is like a bit like Kill Team, I guess. But like for 10 man squads or tiny squads, so they're a bit like one of those sort of skirmish games, except using the, the sort of 30k rules, which I'd like to give a try, actually, because I reckon that would be quite a lot of fun. But it's very much about, you know, rather than having 
a big army where everybody's kind of, you know, called Bob, you know, you would have your own characters, there, almost like the <clears throat> commander and stuff. Actually, talking on that, that, there is a version of Kill Team that did for Heresy oh, that someone did. Yeah, yeah I, I've tried to dig that out. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, someone it, someone has gone through and done it, basically done every unit in the game. Um, oh, right. For Heresy. Got you. Sort of thing. It's a poll rule book. I'll find it. I'll send it to you, Rob. But yeah, sure. I really must look into that more. So the version that we've looked at here is version 3.3. And I think there is a later version coming from the conversation we had this morning. So this um, will change. But they kind of split it down into some nice sections. So they've gone for the agents of the emperor and war master. So which is a much more interesting way of doing things, I think. Because if you look at the the current kind of knight errant options, you know, they're, they're fairly limited. They've included the assassins. Um, there's already the assassins that come from sort of 6th and 7th edition 40k. Um, but things like the uh, Varnus assassin, which I'm pretty sure, and the Venium assassin, neither of those are actually in the um, even the old 6th, 7th no, edition they're, stuff. They're, they're new edition, they're new, um, yeah. new yeah. chaps. The um, Rogue Psyker is really cool. Sister of Silence, Oblivion Knight. I haven't looked too much into that one, to be fair. I did look at the, because um, I knew it would come up, 6th Legion Watch Pack. So I thought that was a really cool idea. So these hey, were, if I'm, if I'm speak right, the English. Yeah, these were, if I'm right, the the space wolves that were dispatched to all the legions to sort of watch the Primarchs to make sure none of them were sort of going down the, the slippery slope towards heresy. Didn't do a very good job, it must be said, but you know they were there. <clears throat> and there's things like the Alpha Legion sleeper cell, which again is kind of like a a really good idea. I think there was a, I always felt that there was a bit of a disparity you know they had the night errants but you didn't have anything else from the war master i think that alpha legion sleeper cell concept definitely mm. up there to sort of help balance that so there are a whole raft of different units as well through that covering everything really there's a lovely section on the sound auxiliary which i'll probably talk about um um but they sort of cover everything really so first things first then chaps uh what were your first impressions when you when you kind of started looking at this in any detail I was super impressed. It was, I'd, I'd not really looked at it much before, like you're saying. I'd just kind of gone, well, I'll just stick to the official stuff because I know then I can, if I ever do go to an event, then it's guaranteed. It's fine if it's in a red book. Yeah. Um, but I was super impressed with the production and layout and the thought that had gone into this because it's not just these are obviously my favorite things let's turn everything up to 10 yes that's always the worry that i have with fan with what i'm calling fan made rules but i absolutely would agree with that 100 percent. I, I i would say that some of it's up to nine and a half okay um, so let's, let's come on to that then in a minute but i mean i think that's always a i've always been reluctant for fan made rules right because of that very reason that you talked about there rob which is there's the sort of confirmation bias or unconscious bias, even when you're writing stuff for your own legion that you really like, that yeah. it's like, oh, this doesn't feel right. I'm going to just knock this up a little bit. But I genuinely feel looking through these that, that that hasn't necessarily been the case, but maybe you folks felt differently. Anyway, sorry, Rob, I just thought it was a really good point to sort of jump in on there. No, 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 that's, that's I think, valid. I think they're reasonably balanced, reasonably. Um, some of them are definitely a little bit OP uh, to a degree. Um, the assassins, but then again, these rules on the assassins, most of them are taken from um, the the old seventh edition. To a I'm not sure they are. I think the not, Exodus probably is one of them. 
Not all of them, but Varnus. I don't remember that being one. Varnus. No, no, that's, that's a new one. That's a new one. Um, the shooty the same, one, the psychic one, and the oh, close combat yeah, one. Poisoning one. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the yeah. So the the Venium assassin as well. I don't recall that being one of them. So, but they've obviously expanded it out based on the the kind of fluff, if you like. Or the, or well, the, it's in. Um, they've used uh, there's the heresy book, isn't the Nemesis? Yes. Yeah. Book eighteen something like that yeah. in the series yeah um that's got a vanus character in it it mentions the uh venenum as well and it does point it does point out that um the vindicare is boltard and the eversaur is even worse yeah like you know the whole kind of they get the eversaurs escaped in these honest 200 square mile island or whatever and it's like like oh we'll contact somebody it's like no everybody's already dead Yes, that's yeah, right. Pretty, pretty that, much. Is that why they um, try and get like the four of them together, like as a? Yeah, they're trying to kill the spoilers here. Trying to kill Horus. It's, it's book eighteen. It's nearly ten years old. Um, they're trying to kill Horus. Yeah, yeah I remember. I, like, I, I actually like a, really, really love that book because you've got that first half, which is sort of like a uh, procedural cop show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like that yeah. that, that that noir detective novel, uh, and then it turns into a heresy action novel, and it's really, really good. It's, it's I good, just like yeah. that. Flick yeah. of a switch, it goes from being that detective novel to being, oh, right, now we're in a full heresy novel, but slightly secretive. I loved that, actually. I remember that yeah. being a really, I really enjoyed that kind of uh, film noir-esque, like you say, heresy noir detective story. I thought that was really cool. There's yeah. also another one, I can't remember which book it's in, but it might be a story that's going alongside something else, where there is one of these kind of digital assassins in the works, and the Alpha Legion are trying to find them. Mm. Uh, what's it called? I can't remember, but I distinctly remember there's definitely that kind of using the the sort of systems against people one. But anyway, I think it's it can't oh, be. Oh, it's a Talarn one. It's a Talarn one. Yeah. Yes, that's he's what it is. Event, he's in the events at Talarn. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Yes, yeah. I think it's actually a she, but yes. Oh yeah, it might be one. a she. I'm not sure, but it's yes, Anton Schwimmer's day after all. Yeah, it is Anton Schwimmer's day, and, it is. and does a bang up job. But yeah, being pursued by these sort of Alpha Legion counterinsurgents and stuff really cool so yeah i think there's a lot of lot of um cool stuff in there i've never i've only ever used i've got a couple of assassin models and i've only ever used them obviously in sixth seventh edition um but they are pretty cool i think i mean they, they generally don't do the best I think but they are very the cool. vindicare model is probably one of the coolest models i think that Just the vindicare the model is very closely based on joe pineapples from the abc warriors circa simon bisley which I've actually got a T-shirt of, so I'll send you a picture and see what you think, because I think it's an almost exact replica of that. Um, so check it out. We'll put it in the show notes. But anyway, I, really yeah. like the, I really like the old um, Assassin one, the guy with the uh, sort of Jesus boot tabby and the ninja mask, and he just he's just holding a pistol. I think he's, a, he's not quite rogue trader, but I think like third or fourth ed edition before they brought out the different, um, the different clade models yeah. i just think it's just one of the coolest models ever i'll see if i can get a picture of him for michael to put in the show notes yeah yeah cool, cool. okay so let's let's delve into the units that we actually liked so okay do you want to start off with that chris because you've been quite been quite quiet so i'm just, I'm just enjoying the chat with you guys before we do that before we go into our own favorites there are unless anybody's covered them there are kind of changes to how like the way that actually no 
I think you're probably right, actually, thinking about it. Michael, you might want to have a look at that. But, yeah, I think pe- talk through the people's favourite units and then we'll come back if we miss anything. Yeah. OK. Um, thank you, thank you. So I'm gonna, my first uh, option, I can't, oh, do you know what? I've forgotten what the list was that everyone did. Uh, my first choice uh, is the Triari Breaches. Triari Breaches. Okay. Um, the World Eaters yeah. unit. Um, and this is what this is. As I said, I think some things in this are up to nine and a half, and I think these are. I, I'm gonna. I've picked out units that I think are nine and a half. Um, basically, because I'm Go a power on. gamer, and that's, that's Well, that's, that's I was gonna say. That's that's why break a habit of a lifetime. Yeah, <clears throat> I learned from my my brother. Um, <laughs> so. They are a fast attack choice normally, but if you take a breacher company, they become a troops choice. Okay. Uh, Interesting fast so, attack choice. Yeah, but so they so they say two hundred points. Mm-hmm. So it's exactly the same as a normal breacher company. They have a breacher squad. Mm-hmm. They uh, bolt pistol. They have chain axes. They have six up for no pain. They have counter attack. Nice. That's a pretty tough unit. Well, you know, plus their <coughs> plus their world eaters, <laughs> plus their world eaters. No, no, I yeah, but this is what I mean. They're they're up. They're in that kind of that ballpark. Yeah. Because okay. you know, if they're getting assaulted, well, they've got counter attack, so they're you that, know, they're yeah, get an extra attack. They're on two attacks, so they're on. <coughs> yeah. They've got bolt pistol and chain axes, so they're three attacks. But they've got um. Shield, so they lose and they don't get the two weapon. That bones. is true. That is true. Um, I had to make sure I worked this out properly. Yeah. <clears throat> so you know they're breaches on the charge with four attacks each because they're world eaters. They get a feel no pain six plus for free, mm-hmm. which is not to be sniffed at. So they've got a three plus armor save, five plus invulnerable save in combat, and a, a invulnerable and a six SNP. Plus feel no pain, yeah. yeah, I just think that's a and that's a tough unit. I think um, 200 plus, points you know, doesn't seem un, un, un Yeah, but if you, but if you compare it to a normal breach squad, yes, I see which is the same points. But I guess maybe it's, and I'm going to put out on a limb here. If you look at the world eaters and what they have, yeah, compared to Brook Seven onwards, for example, I think I get where you're coming from. You're absolutely right, but it can yeah. only be taken by world eaters, right? So it does yeah. give them a little, a little. That's little, that's why I like. That's the thing I like about the more of all units is the units that are specific to legions. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the thing that I, that I like um, the generic stuff. Not quite so much, Okay. but um, yeah, I, I, I think they're, I think they're a cool thing. I like, you know, I always got the idea that, you know, with, um, oh, I've forgotten what the blooming, Home planet is now of the world eaters. Uh, yeah, to share, but they're not okay. really that's not really their home home, as it were. No, um, what are Angron's? I can't remember what Angron's planet is because then doesn't it? New uh, Syria, that's it because <clears throat> you know you've got the gladiator. Oh, to share is the city, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Syria, yeah. The... I always thought I had quite a, a Roman. You know, with the, yep. the gladiatorial pit, uh, fighting pits. Um, so I, I, no, I can imagine these 
sort of carrying on that sort of Roman vibe in the same sort of thing as the um, uh, Ultramarines have with their uh, sort of breachery unit. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting, like I say, fast attack, but let's just putting them into a, you know, so you've, you can take more troops on the board, really, I suppose. But yeah, I think I they're think, really cool. I, I just... Cool, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. want them for the... I think if you had them as a, like a call them something else and any they were like the equivalent of a breach squad you'd take these every day of the week but i think given where the world eaters army list is i think they're a good addition they would give it a little bit of extra coolness even if you use them in fast attack because you don't really you know that's a, yeah probably not I mean, a great they, greatly filled slot yeah, yeah. So that's a one that normally gets filled the least unless you pete reese yeah yeah i mean they can take a, a proteus a phobos yeah. as a delegate transport if there's 10 of them um you can take 20 of them in a unit. You can put them in a Cestus. Well, no, yeah. actually, they changed. If, if you look at their errata, they up the transport capacity of, I think, of the Phobos quite significantly. So it kind of becomes a, a good way of transporting <clears throat> a bigger unit rather than just using a Spartan all the time. But, yeah. yeah. Anyway, I think that's a good choice. Yeah, so I agree. But I do think it's it's a good it's good for that Legion. I think it works very well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a cool unit. Um, okay. Yeah, that, that's Next. my first choice. Or do you want to go to somebody else? No, I can, I can, I'll, I'll rattle off my three. That's oh, fine. Uh, so my second one is the Sky Stalkers. Okay. I'm, I'm loving that fast attack slot. So they are uh, three plus arm save. Uh, same as the new troop choice fast attack. Um, yeah. There are 100 points uh, for three of them. Uh, the cool thing about them is that they can take uh, slightly, they can take different weapon uh, loadouts to anything else. So they've got this thing called a Hurricane Bolter, which acts like three heavy, uh, sorry, three twin link bolters. Right. So that's pretty nasty. Um, yeah. They can take twin link grenade launcher, twin link plasma guns. Uh, um, you know, that's, that's, mm. they can shred you know a, a good you know good size terminated unit if you want them to you know it's 20 points for the twin plasma guns but you know if you've got a squad of these five yeah. those five twin plasma guns 25 points five. For, additional, for additional one as well which isn't bad yeah so it's it's uh i think they're a pretty good unit yeah um, they, they were the one that, those were the two sort of the first two that sort of i thought oh actually they're quite nice i'd yeah. wouldn't mind those um you know, and you can upgrade the jet bikes as well. Yeah. To Corvex jet bikes. Um, yeah. Can't take any of the other options, but they can then take multi melter plasma cannon, Volkite culverins, heavy bolters. Um, plasma cannon. Yeah, and they get a two plus save as well. But it's um yeah they become a heavy support choice, not a, a yeah. fast attack choice. So yeah, very nice. And then uh, my yeah. my um. My third option isn't a, a unit. It's the it's the um, Solar Auxilia Armoured Regiment um, option. Yes, so this is great, isn't it? So this is... Yeah. I mean, why this was missing, I don't know. But to, <coughs> because, because Solar Ox, the, the actual rules sort of explicitly for, prohibit you doing this because the tank um, commander can only ever be a, a support officer. That's right, yeah. So, but it just makes... I don't know. I was 
I don't understand why they wouldn't have done this in the when they did the solo theory together. To be honest with you, it seems like an oversight. You know, not to have a obviously from a tank player point of view, not to have a solar auxiliary tank regiment seems weird. But you know, there you go. So talk us through that then, Chris. If you're still there, I think he's lost him. Have we lost him? He's stormed off. Um, So shall I quickly while we wait for him to come back? Yeah. What page are we on here? Because I've I've lost it on the. um... Oh, it's page forty. Ah, I thought so. Let me get to that. So yeah, so the the tank regiment does make some some interesting changes. So the uh, tank commander has to be uh, in charge. He loses a support officer and gets the tank ace rule, which is already there. But they can also have skyfire, which is nice. Ooh. So two weapons can on the tank that he is uh, can receive skyfire. Um, That's cool. All non-tank ch- ch- units are zero one choices. So including infantry terracos as well as the units within them. Infantry must purchase a dedicated transport and those without the option must be deployed mounted in another vehicle which itself has transport capacity. It yeah. may not include fortifications of the mobile units. Oh, so you're never getting one then? Well, actually, I mean, I think I'll definitely do this. Yeah. The, uh, the troop choice, is, is Chris back? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sorry, back. mate. Do you want to... Go for it. No, it's right. you, you, you go. Okay. Um, so for the troop choices, you can use... You have to use, because this is the only thing that can be taken as compulsory... The Carnarvon Strike Squadrons, which is a nice choice, right? Yeah. Uh, they're quite cheap. They are pretty fragile. They're great-looking they're, models. They're, they're basically predators. I mean, they are auxiliary yeah. predators. That's the... Yeah. Yeah. So I think they're really cool. Uh, and then basically, they've got the auxiliary uh, Lima Russ Assault Squadrons. Uh, and the Malkador Infernus Special Weapon Tanks become elite choices. Ooh. Really interesting. So the yeah. assault squadrons, I th- have to look at the book. I think those are. So that's got demolisher cannons. Oh, uh, and the vanquishers um, as well, aren't they? The assault no, that's, that's, that's the other one. strikes. The vanquishers strikes. are strikes choices. Yeah, they become, yeah, they're still fast attack. Yeah. <coughs> um, so, yeah. But yeah, Macro and Furnace. So that's. Uh, and you can take Nuncio boxes on the uh, units, flare shields on the. On the um, Tanks as well for 45 points. Nice. I mean, the Squadron Prime one's really good as well because uh, there's a that basically means that the there's a rule for the Assault Squadron where if they're in close proximity, they get plus one ballistic skill. And that's now for every three targets, you can, you can make them that. Yeah, they fire at the same target. It's not... Um, yeah, no, totally. But yeah, at least you get, you know, rather than ballistic skill three, which frankly sucks, ballistic skill four gives you a chance of hitting something. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's great fun. I mean, you are just going to face a wall of tanks, and we know how well that's received generally yep. from a man who has a wall of tanks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, yeah. I think that's something... It, um, solar rocks, militia, things like that, I think there's nothing sexier than a line of Lehman Russes. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't disagree. You know, they are... It's a beautiful model. Unless they're the Lehman Russes from Anvil Industries. I mean, just imagine those Matilda-like ones that we talked about. Victoria Miniatures, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Victoria. Victoria, Victoria, That's that's a a dream, isn't it? That's a different thing. (laughs) (laughs) Probably works out not too different Um, cost-wise. I just, I I think there's something very cool about a, a proper guard, you know, to use the 40k word, um, 
sort of tank regiment. And I just love that idea. Yeah, that was that was the first list that I wrote when we were doing the list challenge was going to be sort of the tank regiment because yeah. there are some super cool things you can do even just in the tanks because the Malkador and Furnace is just an absolute beast. Um, until, it gets, until it gets one-shotted because it's not so well, yeah, that's, that's so different from many other bit of armor is it really so i think that's true you know you do there are some significant risks with that army i mean deep striking armies for example infiltrating armies anything that's going to close combat you really quickly is going to tear you to bits but yeah. for the one time that you're on there with your full regiment of tanks all painted up in you know really cool colors with squad markings and ah oh, yeah. a joy to behold absolute joy anyway yeah good choices mate good choices but yeah i i very much was tempted by that. I went a different route in the end, but I think that that's something that if I went to a Mornaval event, I probably got enough bits to do that apart from the Carnival and Strike Squadrons, which I'll have to buy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's also, I mean, it's not a massively expensive thing to do either. I mean, 35 quid or for a, a Lehman Russ, you know, that's, and that's one of your troop choices filled. Struggle to do that with Forge World um, resin for a, a Legion army. Yeah, I think you could do it quite cheaply. Like I say, you can fill your um, elite heavy support, fast attack, even with with plastic yeah. Lehman Russes, and you'd only need to buy the Carnadon. You know, maybe two of those to, to free compulsory troop choices. Yeah. Um. So it would be a very cheap army to do. I mean, bear in mind the tank um, command cores are going super heavies. So you know, bang him in a storm blade or something and you're you're off to the races yeah. so yeah very cool but yeah those are my three choices all right then. nice nice like nice choices so rob i'm gonna i'm gonna hazard a guess <laughs> i'm gonna use my powers of precognition to assume that the watch pack might be in your three favorite lists uh yeah it might be the first one of, <laughs> might be might be the first one in the list Okay, so talk us why why the why? Why, dear God, why? Why? Because I think Forge World missed an absolute trick not putting them in book seven. Absolutely agree with that one. Watch packs should have been in book seven. Yeah. Varagir, like, oh the Lehman Russ's mates. Yeah, and they're mentioned how much? There's like Lord Gunn who's been with him and became a you know he became a Marine too late to become a Marine because every Legion's got a Marine that became a Marine too late to become a Marine for crying out loud. You know, there's there's nothing original about that. The what the watch pack is something that nobody you know nobody else has got. There's that awesome bit in is it Unremembered Empire? Mm-hmm. When um, yeah. Fafnir just kind of goes, he's like, you know, they're, they're formally being introduced to the lion as the lion turns up, and Fafnir is there supposed to be watching Gulliman, and like, like Gulliman's like, do you have to do this now? And he's like, yes, I have to. And he walks up and he just tries to, he tries to smack the lion with his power axe, and you know, he gets backhanded, but it's like, right, yeah, honor's been served. Fine, I'll get back into my place. Like, there's some awesome bits with the watch pack in the Imperium Secundus books and Forge World just went nah and gave us Varagir which yeah okay every every Legion has some special Terminators but you know what Terminators have never been a massive thing in in Heresy uh, for the for the Space Wolves they were a big thing in early 40k when they first came out when they got their um, you know Wolfguard Terminator pack in, in lead I think they still were then but um you know everything that's been written about the wolves in in the heresy era. It's about the 
it's about infantry. Yeah, it's about light infantry movement, how fast they are. Yeah, uh, you know, like swinging hand over hand from the gantries on that um, fake place in um, that moon world that they drop on the planet in Prospero Burns. You know, Terminators. I don't think I've read a, a heresy-based story about the Sixth Legion with Terminators in it. I don't no, even think anybody in Terminator armor turns up in Prospero Burns. Not a great deal, no. So yeah. it's like, you know, this is much more iconic, I would say, to people okay. who've been following the, the literature. And if the um, World Eaters um, breaches are turned up to nine and a half, these guys might be about 9.7. I was just about to say that. So, so rules-wise, as all Space Wolves... They've got every rule that you could literally go through the yeah, their base universal weapon, special rules and just pick out everything you can chuck at them. Their so. base weapons, their base weapon skill five. So when they make it, they, when they make a successful charge, they go up to weapon skill six. Nice. They've all got frost blades, so they're all plus one strength power weapon of some description that you decide how you build them. So that could be axe, maul, claw, or sword. So at the very worst. You're going in, you're charging into combat at weapon skill six, strength five, AP three, with three attacks. That's the, that's at worst. Yeah. And and uh, uh, you know it's like that, and then you know there's counter attack as well. Mm. Uh, um, Relentless sniper. And then um, got, chosen warriors. So that means they can can't they do that weird thing where they're kind of characters? Is that yeah. right? I think that's what yeah that's what I took that one to be, um, and then they've got a really funky one which is um, pin and bleed. So in any turn which a lone monstrous creature or lone Primarch fights a watch pack, which is on its own as long as there's no other units involved mm-hmm. in the combat, the start of the assault phase compare the number of watch pack models against their enemy's current number of wounds. If the watch pack has an equal number, the enemy suffers minus one initiative. If the watch pack has a higher number, the enemy suffers minus two. And in either way, the enemy has to re-roll successful. It will not die rolls. Nice. Ooh. That is nice. They can't be joined by anything else. No. Nope. Also got a three plus armor save. The sergeant's got a two plus. Sergeant's got two. And one in so three can have a, one in one in three can have a great frost blade. Now that's where it gets crazy. Yeah. And combat shields changing yeah. it up for the bolt guns give you a is it a six? No, it's a five. Plus, is it five plus in close combat only combat shield? Uh, uh yeah. No, and no, the other one. Boarding shield, isn't it? Yeah. Boarding shield. Uh, five plus. Boarding shields. That one. Um, but the Great Frostblade <clears throat> is initiative minus one, but it's AP two. Mm. Oh yeah. So you're going to have weapon skill six, okay, only initiative three, but strength five, AP two, reaping blow. Ooh. If they're going into another unit, and you can have three of them in a maxed out unit. Here's a thing. Mm-hmm. Doesn't say. Unless uh, I'm, I'm trying to find it, it doesn't say that you have to be a loyalist only, which I thought it would have. They're in agents of the emperor. Ah, uh, see, so yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I see what you mean. So yeah, that would make, uh, of course, doofus. Mind you, I suppose the Alpha Legion Sleeper Shell are also, are they agents, agents of the emperor? Agents of the war, agents of the war. Oh, oh yeah. Agents of the emperor. Very good. Good spot. I see what you mean. Oh, well, there goes those dreams. But anyway, it's I wouldn't have them anyway. But that is a pretty cool, and it's a good idea, right? You know, the, the watch pack have come along to keep an eye on the Primark. If you were using a Primark, 
I think it would be, you know, regardless of the Legion, not Space Wolves, but anybody else. And you had the watch pack there, which would be a cool thing to do, right? Five of these guys yeah. painted up. I think that would be a pretty awesome thing to see. So I like that as well. Only Mr. Five. B, you'll be very quiet. No, I really like them. I think I, I, as, as, as I said earlier, I really think they should have been in the the book, book nine to begin with, because they are such an iconic thing, and um, everybody had them. Uh, I mean, they feature in so many stories. You know, oh, what's these random space wars here? Oh, they're the watch pack. It's the watch pack. Yeah, they turn up all over the place. Good point. So, yeah, one to definitely see. And you can take, yeah, maximum squad size is 10. So that's pretty cool. But, yeah, they've got a lot of cool stuff going for them and they would be quite a nice thing to have along. I think you've had a a, Is there a limit to how many you can take? Doesn't say. 10. Yeah, I mean, as in number of squads. You're only limited by your elite section, I guess. Doesn't have a zero Mm, to one. uh, I would have thought not to one would have been sensible on that. Even I would only put one in. Yeah. I think you would only have one. <coughs> I thought you could only take one. one. Let me just. Because that should be the case. There's nothing there that says not yeah. to one. The only thing it does say is if you, you can only be attacked, that their bonus against a Primarch or a monstrous creature is only if they're the single, singular um, watch pack in combat. Yeah, so if you charge someone else yeah. in. And they also can't be joined by any other model. Yeah. No, so, so you, you can't. You can't. can't you can't put a medic in with them. Yeah. You can't give them, um, you know, you can't put a speaker of the dead in for all the bonuses that they get and an extra great frost blade. Yeah. Um, you know, you can't stick them with a Prato or for a Paragon blade in there as well. Um, yeah. I mean, there might be one suspiciously nearby. Um, <laughs> and if, if you're going to charge into something that isn't a monstrous creature or a Primarch, then that goes in as well. But it does mean they can't jump in a vehicle with anything. So they can't, um, you know, you couldn't have a heavy support choice Spartan per se and have anything else in there yeah i see what you mean so it does it, it's kind of self-limiting ish yeah um because they would be probably the ultimate boyfriend squad i know they're not in terminator armor but with all that all that initiative ap2 they can chuck around they i suppose they wouldn't yeah they wouldn't really that wouldn't really work with it because that's not what they're there for i mean unless it's lehman russ they wouldn't be the bodyguards of a of a, of, a, of, a, of a Primarch, because the Primarch uses his own bodyguards from his own Legion monastery. Well, that, that's kind of, that kind of comes into this Imperium Secundus thing, because like Gulliman wants to go and meet his brother without any hassle, and, and like the, the watch pack are like, nope, we're coming with. And Gulliman's like, no, you're not. You're Fenrisian savages. You can stay here. And the guy, the guy goes, you're not my Primarch. You don't get to tell me what, what to do. My Primarch, Primarch says, if you go somewhere, I go with you. Tough. If you don't want me to go, kill me. And Gulliman's like, oh, all right, then. Space right. Oh, yes, it's Graham the authoritarian. Damn straight. Actually, no, you're an Iron Warrior. When your when your Legion doesn't do what it's told, you kill th- you kill one in ten of them. Yeah. Keeps people hmm. in line, I find. Anyway, but they, they only did that once. And to be honest, that the, the, if you're if you're up to date with the World Eaters um, uh, fluff, they did that a lot more. Yeah, and plus having to do it once, really. Um, anyway, unless you're Angron. Next, next, what's your next one? So the watch pack, we all agree, I think, it would be a great addition to any army as a as yeah, a yeah. thematic piece. They are pretty powerful. Not overly so. The three plus armor does bring them down into the realms of sensibleness, I feel. Yeah. So, yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. The, the next one is the Ulf Hednar pack. The, well, there's uh, a surprise. Yeah. Well, you know. <laughs> you know. It's got the word pack in. Yeah, Ulf's yeah. Got, so I'm going to have that. I'm going to have that. Well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. The list challenges <laughs> later. Um, 
so yeah, I just really like the idea. I like the story where it's the uh, Raven Guard who've got the mutated guys, and then they come across a a unit of um, wolves that are fighting on some random moon somewhere. I think it's after Yarrant, and then there's these you know these bonkers mutated kind of like what's going on here and like proto wolfen gotcha. type thing. No, that's um, a good story. So you know that I don't think they're too insane. They're not um galvorback standard i don't think the weapon skill five they don't get the um oh no they do get the uh, plus one weapon skill when they successfully charge it's just not uh, doubly listed there um bs2 me strength five toughness four two wounds initiative five two attacks leadership eight three plus save um they have two close combat weapons which count and that count as rending um, but they can again. They can never be joined by another model, and they never count as scoring, regardless of any mission provisions. Got you. And they cannot get in a transport vehicle. Mm. So you've just got dudes on foot in three plus armor running across a heresy battlefield, with which claws. is with yes, basically with some <clears throat> uh, bad fingernails and weaponized halitosis, and that's about it. But they'll you know they'll scratch your eyes out when they get to you. Yeah, and they can't get a transport either, so they're gonna to have to. Yeah, they are. Yeah. It's gonna to have to run. Gonna to have to yeah. run them across the board. They've got fleet. Yes. They've got fleet. They've got move furious charge. They've got move through cover. Um. So as far as and they've got uh, warriors metal as well. Mm. So as far as What's infantry, warriors metal do? I can't that's remember. That's the uh, that's that's the run and charge. Oh yeah, cool. Uh, but they haven't got counterattack, which is interesting. No. No, I guess that would make sense. They're not really strategic, are they? They're more of no, a just run just, and tear. They're, they're yeah. literally fire and forget. They're like, you, go run at that and kill it. Yeah. If you survive trying to kill that, we'll worry about something else. Chances are you'll already be dead. Infiltrate some of them. So the, you can buy Wolfen, can you still? You know, they, they used uh, to have them, didn't they? No. Well, no. Well, there were some really nice ones that were released for the thir- the original 13th Black Crusade. Not yeah, you know, special the, the, Wolfen, £35. No. I'm talking about the metal ones that were mm. released in 2005. I am not talking about okay. plas- plastic abominations. Okay. There's okay. A, but there's an option. There's an option. You want there is to, an option, you know. and unfortunately that will present itself as part of a um, pricing bit okay, later. Yeah. But as a whole, those models are awful. You don't like End it. of story. No okay. argument. No counter-argument. No, Moving no, on. No, they're just... They're, <laughs> They're just oh the, not, no not not to get you them for Christmas is well, basically I like, I like them so well I suggest I suggest you have a word with Chris's specialist I, and have your retinas sewn back on and all if, if I may just uh, what's, your, what's your beef what's the, I'm trying to the, keep this you know we know I've got this non-swearing thing going on yeah um they are these all right I'll I'll do it this way they are the single worst models available for 40k right now they are even worse than that stupid hashtag not imperial guard tank with a track on each corner that's basically a pickup truck with tracks on each corner oh yes uh, they oh, are no, no, e- no. they are even worse than that they've tried to go for ridiculous superhero poses and they end up just it's it's like Beauty and the Beast doing flash dance. They are ridiculous. <laughs> Don't even talk to me about weapons made of ice. Just do one. Okay. You know, I, think Torox, I think we've hit a nerve here, which is great. You know, the Torox is now is now heresy official. It's in a well, story. If, well, I hope to never see one on a table in front of me because it's obviously someone tasteless who's wasted the money on that. 
Graham McNeil put it in a story and you have salamanders and space wolves driving it. Well, he can stay in LA. Space then, wolves obviously, obviously enjoy it. Makes their vehicle a choice. Other than a, salam- other than a Spartan. Shut up. To be fair, Shut they up. do describe it as ugly. It's yeah. it's awful. Okay. Design. It's so I think awful. We've, we've found your scale of you know the bottom of the scale. Yeah, basically the, the the forty the forty k space wolf plastic range and but the Torox are like the, the wolf they've not, they've, not they've turned me. the wolves into a parody. That's what annoys me. You read Prospero Burns and they're dark, they're brooding, they're grim, they're very self, they're painful. Yeah, a, lot and can, a lot can change in ten thousand years. Yeah, yeah, damn right, damn but right. Also mutants. Like I don't want to kind of you know look at the dichotomy between. Oh yeah, because because all marines are so close to the human genetic standard. You know, there's close to the human genetic standard, and there's, the actual, and there's the licking your own Najinskis, and that's the, there in the licking are, your own Najinskis. There are no wolves on Fenris, and on Fenris, you know. exactly. No, they're just they've just they're ridiculous. It's like you know, things a okay. lot of things can change in ten thousand years, and yeah, and currently Perseus is uh, making balloon animals at some kids' party, which is what the what Fenris has become, well, what's left of Fenris? Left of Fenris, yeah. I, I, I'd, I'd say that the basic wolf, um, the, the basic wolf infantry uh, plastic kit is actually pretty good. Okay, the, listen, I think we've we've mined this particular depth of of Rob's despair quite enough. Uh, but suffice it, to say that this unit, not using the plastic wolf, and good idea, good, bad, or indifferent. I quite like it. I'm not massive. I'm not a huge fan of the kind of the wolf idea. To be honest with you, but Reasonable weapon skill, strength five, six on the charge. They've got fewer charge, haven't they? Did you say? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And rending as well. So, not to be laughed at, but I mean, they would be a good fun unit because they're just going to run at you. But they are pretty pricey, which doesn't make sense, too. So, yeah. Yeah. It'd be great in, in Zone Mortalis when they've got walls to hide behind until they get to you. That would, they'd be a great Zone Mortalis unit, wouldn't they, actually? Can you imagine them stalking the corridors? Yeah. Nice. Tearing what, what, down, eh? What about you, um, Chris? What do you think? Oh, sorry, oh, my, again. No, my thing cut out for a second was I didn't hear the end of Graham's turn. So what what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think they're I think they're really cool. I you know, uncontrollable ferocity again, so it can't have another unit, another um character in them. Yeah, I think that's a good good little they've got a theme there, I think that's good that where they've got yeah. these kind of cool units, they they prevent them from becoming Death Stars. By having you know, somebody adding plus. into it, or some mm-hmm. psycho doing some craziness on it, or whatever. Yeah, I, th- I think they're a super cool unit. Um, they're going to hurt a lot, you know. You, you know that when they get into a fight, they're going to hurt, and that's that's what they they should do. They kind of remind me a bit of Chaos Spawn back in the day. Same sort yeah. of, you know, just sort of charging forward, close combat only. No way you can do anything with them. They're just going to go. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, nice, very cool. And your third and final offering, because I think you've run out of space wolves now. Yeah, I have now. Yeah, I have now. <laughs> so don't worry, don't worry. You can you can relax a bit now. Okay. Uh, my third and fi- third and final offering is the heavy destroyer unit. Now this is super popular. Just because the idea of it's really cool, um, I like the idea of swapping one of the um, Volkite chargers for a lightning claw. I just think Terminators look cool with lightning claws. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stick a thunder hammer on the sergeant. You can, he can take phosphex bombs as well. And there's the, fo- the fallout discharger, which is like a sort of mini rad kind yep. of thing. Um, you know, the units can take. Uh, you know, every guy can take a rad cleanser. Yep. Or a heavy flamer with chem munitions, or a toxiferin flamer. 
um you know they can do some serious um they can they can have some serious kit these guys and i just think it's a really cool idea that yeah, yeah you've, you've got destroyers then why don't we have destroyers in terminator army you know not everybody wants a jump pack i agree and i mean you can take you can have a combination of the two couldn't you so you can have a heavy flamer in one hand and a toxifane flamer or a rad cleanser in the other because they've got two volkite charges they can swap yep. out yeah or you could have two heavy bolters you know yeah. if you wanted to do if you wanted to go full-on say hello to my little friend you have like yeah. a, a unit of five of them with 10 heavy bolters nice <laughs> yeah i mean they're great phosphex bombs as well on the on the on the ruin master i mean phosphex yeah. bombs are dead useful and often uh, overlooked um, and it just it just says terminator armor as well so if you put you could put these in um tartaros and they could be pretty yeah. mobile Ooh. yeah 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 they yeah. could be pretty mobile as well. I mean, it's not what I've done in the list challenge, but, um, you know, if you think you've got, you know, Terminators who can run, but they've all got like, like, you know, they've all got rad cleansers and power weapons or heavy flamers with, you know, you, you, you imagine five guys with 10 heavy flamers with chem munitions running at you with a two plus save. Yeah. You know, like, ouch. And when you put them, they're heavy support choice as well, which is where I think is the right place for them. Yeah. Um, but they can't be joined by another model again, so preventing the death starness. And you know, they can fire the two weapons at the same target for each one. But in a destroyer company, which is one of these kind of uh, really cool kind of ways of playing the game, um, they can all they can be given um, fifteen points upgrade, making them deep strike. Yeah, which is great teleport transponders. So yeah, I think that's a really cool unit as well. To be honest with you, yeah. I think that that's. I think a lot of people have, have gravitated towards that's, that sort of destroyer thing. Talking to that, Tom earlier, that seems to be the big, the the big one, isn't it? That's the unit out of all of them. Yeah, they're in this. That, um, you know, that's that's the that's the the, the the poster boy. That's what I'm looking yeah, for. I yeah, I think it gives. Sorry, I think it does give because Terminators are pretty boring, and they've been boring for a long time. They've just got the same kind of weapons, and you've got a power fist, and you've got a heavy. Play, dare you know. to say that to one in the face yeah but you know what i mean they're kind of fairly crooked cut, unless you're going into the into the legion yeah. specific ones whereas this i think gives them a little bit of a a little a, a different approach a bit of a lease of life so yeah very cool very cool yeah, indeed yeah, i think yeah, i really like that unit. unit you can take like you know like i've built an entire army list around three units here like there's and that's three thousand if you were just thinking i'm going to do a 1500 point um zone mortalis list or something like that there's so much in these rules that yeah, you, I mean, you you could you could i mean without going into what they've done for auxilia and militia mm. you you know you could just have a tactical squad or two as your sort of you know tax unit yep and you could build an entire list out of characters and units out of out of these moral rules and they would be damn cool armies as well for sure really so cool. yeah definitely a definitely a some really good choices there uh, from everybody so far. So, um, do you want me to go next, Mr. B, or do you want to go next? I can go next. I'm, I'm happy enough to. Okay. Uh, so, what, what tickled your fancy? First one I've selected is is the. I'm just trying to find the uh, page now. It is the one thing I don't like about this is the fact that it's not. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, bookmarked in the thing. So yeah. So a, you can't just click to it. It's not. It's not hyperlinked. Yeah internally ah press the mouse the first one i'm going for is the alpha legion sleeper cell mm. because much mm. like the walls i really like the idea of this 
um that the, the idea that you've got that sort of um astartes there that the you know agents of the war master that, that can just fit into everything because they were around everywhere the the, the alpha legion didn't really fight in big um big packs but you've got that deep infiltration so you know which i find is really cool so you can place it on the board and they act as normal so they get to move shoot and assault but you can intercept them uh and they get stealth on the first turn and then they more or less turn into just a normal alpha legion squad so they've got mm. that nice we can turn up and mess stuff up yes but, do whatever they want but then the next turn you're going to just blast them off the face of the earth but you know they can uh sort of shoot an assault as well so you know you can get the jump on somebody i mean they could just it looks like they can just be anywhere pretty much yeah it's not like it's infiltration where they've got to be you know 18 away or anything like that it looks like they can just pop up out of the out of the ground and you know surprise yeah Ooh, i mean one of our friends james curtis he played alpha legion and he did some um I think it was headhunters. Um, he painted them up as uh, literally covered in mud, having just just emerged from like the ground. Yeah. And yeah, I'm like that. thinking that kind of thing would be kind of cool with them. Isn't yeah. that in? Isn't that in the fir- in the Solar War? Uh, it's in it? Legion. No, that yeah, but there's one there's one who's been buried on Terror for like since yeah, before the yeah. heresy started. Yes, yes, there, there are characters like that. Yeah. And it's just like stuff like that, which is like really kind of cool. And it's like I can just see myself being able to do all sorts of really cool things with this unit like that. And it's like it, it, it's not just a hey, it's a great model, it, uh, you know, a great unit. It's a it's a, it represents to me an amazing modeling opportunity as well. Yeah. And again, what Age of the Warmaster, as, as we talked about earlier, so any traitor legion could use them. So yes. quite an interesting little little addition. Um five people including an alpha in the in the unit you can add it up to 10 people and you know they've got the usual kind of upgrades for um the alpha legion so you can take power daggers which are great power dagger and um can't take a power fist though so you you can yeah you can yeah so power dagger power fist combo that's absolutely great it's much like this it's to me it's much like the space wolf watch pack you know you have these sleeper cells everywhere and then they just suddenly pop up and it's like, surprise, mm. um, you mother, whatever. Yeah, snugglers. Snugglers. Mother snugglers. Yes. Mother snugglers. Yeah, so I think that's, that's another cool unit. And it's definitely a, an interesting way to play the game, to have these sorts of things in there. I mean, I'd like to paint Alpha Legion. I wouldn't want to do a whole army. So it's something I might, you know, would, would probably consider. So, yeah, and I get stealth at the beginning of the turn as well. So on the turn they turn up. So yeah, so a little, they turn a little up. bit so they turn up, they can do something, and then they're going to die. Because there's nothing special about them. They've got the same save. They're just ordinary Marines who just happen to pop up. Very difficult to pop, kill that first turn, can do something. But then after that, they're just normal. Yeah, I mean, they can even get the charge first turn, which does make them slightly more survivable than most things. Because that means they could get you know, enmeshed in a combat that they wouldn't kill everything so they could potentially not get shot off the board the next turn but yeah good art good choice um everybody else anybody else got any ideas on that one no i fully fully endorse that i, I yeah. quite like the idea you know the sneaky sneaky yeah you yeah. know there's there's only one thing documented in uh as far as i remember in the in the heresy novels of the alpha legion going let's not be sneaky sneaky and let's just say it doesn't work out well for them in the end mm. 
Cool. Uh, Praetorian of Suspenses. I mean, that's... Praetorian of Dawn, that is. Yeah. A very cool sequence, though, is what is the 500 um, Lernian Terminators and 500 whatever Dawn's Terminator boyfriends are all called, all fighting in one room. The Herskulls. That's them. That's them. All in there. Lovely and double disarmor. Um, yeah, that's, that, that book is pimp. Uh, yeah, but heavy <laughs> bolters with suspensers, Bane strike ammo. I mean, Bane strike ammo is never. Uh, yeah, it's ignored. quite good. Rending on. Uh, well, no, sixes are AP3. So that's yeah. not bad, is it? Yeah, yeah. Pretty yep. good. Rapid fire. Lovely. Nice. Uh, Lovely. My, yeah. my second choice is the Assault Support Squad. And I like ah. this one because it is. It's just a little something extra for, for assaulty armies. You know, you've got assault marines. Can yes, take that's what we need. Special weapons. Yeah. So, you know, you can swap everything for, I mean, heavy chain. I mean, they come armed basically with a heavy chainsaw. So they're, so they're, so they're, uh, they're a nasty old um, assault unit there, but you can give them all power weapons. So in a sense, for me, these are sort of like Vanguard veterans in a way. Okay. Um, with the ability to take, uh, obviously, you can swap your bolt pistol for um, hand flamers, volkite serpenters, plasma pistols, lightning claws. I mean, you can, you know, have double lightning claw assault troops here, which is really good. Yeah. Non-terminators. Yeah. Yep. And I like I just like the idea of it because it's it's it is that vanguard veteran that I think sometimes heresy is kind of lacking. Yeah. That really, really specialist, almost veteran squad for, for for assault marines so got you and but you have to take a, an assault squad for them to support they can't be taken without an assault squad yes, which makes quite yes exactly yeah i like that and, and they got and they're not a compulsory troop yeah so it's like it's not like you can just take a bunch of these and have a bunch of lightning claws or power fists or whatever it's it's literally you know you, you, yeah. these are there to support a squad so you know you have to build your you can't build your army around this particular squad you've got to have something for them to help yeah i totally agree and like i said i think i like the idea of the you know you may have for every two assault squads you may have a support squad which would make sense right you know to deal with other things i guess i guess no they'd struggle against vehicles i suppose there isn't really any of the weapons aren't really anti-vehicle are they yeah well they're they're an infantry killing squad yeah okay fair play okay and then my last one is the militia mounted squadron and I just love the idea of um, of militiamen riding horses. I think they are really, really cool. Could not um, go, you know, perfectly reasonable. Yeah, I think they're just a nice little addition to the to the list that I, I really think that the the um, that is missing because you know we know that they were in use. Um, yeah, the, the Krieg models as well are flipping amazing oh. with the horses. I really like them. So good. If if, if there was a right of war in this for an entire mounted army, then for an entirely mounted militia army is an excuse to put like, you know, 13 or 40 Creek Death Riders on the table. Then don't tell me you've read that bit because I just stuck on this bit. Don't, don't, don't. I haven't won the lottery yet. (laughs) Very good. With your little, "Eh, let's cost. I thought, no, I thought there was, but I could be wrong. I hope you are. Well, not as, much look as it up, bank, not as much as my bank manager does, but I hope you are. Sonorox. Very nice. Very nice indeed. Yeah, I, I think these are super characterful. Um, 
like you say, they're uh, well, I suppose they're bikes, aren't they? What they're using here, but I, I would proxy them for horses because uh, they've got outriders bikes here. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, but uh, uh, you know, what's the difference in a model? You know, I mean, I, I, I would absolutely consider these to be, but you know, the classic. Um, mounted didn't they used to was it only the krieg had mounted units or did Imperial no Guard they, used, to uh, they used, to, used to be attilan rough riders that's right um, yeah they used to be uh forge world used to do Talar uh when they did yes. um talan guys there was the Makali riders yeah as well uh, yeah so yeah, yeah, i've just can... completely ignored the fact that they're on bikes i'm just treating them as horses so yeah so but yeah, oh, I right, think okay. horses would be fine to be honest with you yeah um they would look super cool uh, at least one mounted squadron is part of the detachment. Then the following units may be upgraded to take either cavalry uh, or or a bike. Okay. Interesting. So you can put things like force commanders as well on on your cavalry, which would be great. So there's a fantastic <laughs> figure if you still get it with, a, with the commander. Uh, no, I, on a, on a I think you're all right, Rob. I think you're safe. Um, well, that's all right then. Very good. Really good. Anyway, I like. I think you're right there, Um Going around on on horses, really cool thing. So yeah, they got a scout as well. So um, does that give them outflank? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? No, scout gives you the you get the extra move, don't you? Doesn't yeah. it automatically? Um, you give get you a outflank? scout move. Okay. Don't ask yeah. me to. I'll Can't look it remember. up. Give me a minute. No, 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 no. You're probably right. Um, but yeah, scout gives you the ability to move forward, doesn't it? In the beginning of the, if you're deployed on the board, you get an extra move. Yeah, um, and the, I move. guess they're counted as bikes. That means that they would be able to move 12, which is nice. So they could basically move yeah. 12 before the game started. No, yeah, scout. Uh, yeah, confers outflank. Yes. Woohoo! Got a rule right. Um, <laughs> so there you go. So yeah, I think they're a nice addition. They'd be great to see on the board as well. So there we go. So that's that's uh, is that is that you, Mister B? Yeah, that's all my free. Cool. Well, this probably mine won't come as a massive surprise to people, but the, my first choice is something that I think is desperately needed uh, is a, is the gunnery sergeant or uh, centurion rather. So I really like the idea of this. There isn't actually, uh, I figured there isn't actually a characters tend to all be close combat characters. Um, and there's no characters that are about shooting. So this is a nice addition, the gunnery centurion, I think. There is the mm-hmm. Armistos from book eight. Yeah. Right. But this, yeah. but this predates him, doesn't it? I don't know whether it does, to be honest with you. I think they've updated this as they've gone. But... Siege Master? Yeah, but again, or... he doesn't he doesn't have a heavy weapon, for example, yeah, he, whereas he, this he, guy can take just, a heavy weapon. Yeah, which the I Siege think Breaker is... just points at stuff and says, yeah. shoot that. But generally, you usually have him with close combat weapons because all characters, for some reason, are only characters if you can hit people. Um, but I really like this guy, so he's got some great rules. Uh, again, as mentioned, you can actually give him the sort of heavy weapons that you would give a normal heavy support squad so for example all, all bases are covered melted guns plasma guns but heavy bolters heavy flamers also cannons missile launchers multi-melters plasma cannon volkite culverin and a las cannon um and he can actually change his bulk pistol out as well for some things like plasma pistols and volkite serpenters um but the thing that he's really cool at he can't you can give him artists for armor melter bombs and a suspensor web so he can move around and fire that heavy weapon if he wants um but he's got a couple of really cool add-ons um he's he may split fire from any unit he joins, um, but if but if he chooses to forgo his shooting, a bit like the Master of Signals, uh, he glance glance the shred and sunder special rules to the unit attack the, the to the unit's attacks. 
So it doesn't apply to blast and template weapons before you get too excited. Um, and also, any units in the same detachment may be equipped for plus two points with the following. So an autocannon can have Sabbat, which gives it makes it 36-inch range, so reduces the range by 12. Strength 8, AP2, Heavy 1, Sunder. Marvellous. Um, missile launcher Sabbat, 36, again, reduces the range. Strength 8, AP2, Heavy 1, Sunder. And Heavy Bolter Splinter, which is same range, 36 inches. Strength 2, AP4, Heavy 3, Rending. So some nice little additions and that you can give to your heavy support choice units or actually anything that can take those weapons. So I think he's one of these kind of cool buffing things. He's limited with the people that he can actually go with in terms of which squads he can join. Um, So I think the only things he can join are heavy support choice, heavy, you know, a normal heavy support squad. Veteran tactical. Yeah. Tactical support, tactical squad, heavy support squads and rapier batteries. Rapier batteries, yeah. So, for example, you couldn't put him in with Iron Havocs. Because that's not listed, even yeah. though they're kind of similar. So yeah, um, but I think it's a great, great choice. And like I said, there are very few characters who can shoot, which always seems like a bit of an oversight. But anyway, he's a support officer, so he can't be a compulsory choice either. I don't think. So yeah, um, I really like him. I think it's a great choice and, and gives the game a little bit of extra. The next two are firmly, are kind of actually in, inexorably linked together in the Solar Auxiliary, which I think they've done a really good job of making the solar auxiliary better uh, i always felt that it was under under loved if you like by by forger yeah. that was great models and they just you know they just had some really basic things and it just never was very exciting so was, the ones we said earlier on solar rocks and militia both you know they both need more yeah i mean I, I think the worst well, thing I mean, about the, the, the guy the, who designed the solar auxiliary no longer works at forge world so right and that I mean, was the, kind of his passion project I think the worst thing about Sarazilla is they're actually worse than Militia. Mm-hmm. Yet they're more expensive most of the time. So you the, know, ta- you, the, the Russes are, certainly. Uh, I think the Russes are better in um, the Solar Auxiliary, but I will explain that in a minute. But the, um, the, the troop choices look better. They've got worse armour. For example, you can give Providences to give yourself a 3-plus armour save on Militia, you know, at the drop of a hat, really. It doesn't cost a great deal. Um you know, you can make their ballistic skill better. You can give them better weapons in the militia quite easily, whereas that solar auxiliary, which you'd think would be better, I think are actually worse. But anyway, these rules, I think, have done some really cool stuff to address that. So the one thing that I really liked, which for the life of me, I can't understand why I never had in the first place, is the solar auxiliary uh, IDIS engineer section. So this is, uh, you get one prime of four engineers. Um, and basically, this is like a tactical support squad for um for the solar auxiliary so um you can basically get all give them melter guns for example 15 points a model uh, or yep. a las cutter or a plasma gun which seems like a no-brainer really if i'm honest um you know so you can also give them dedicated transport so they can take the the terex termite assault drill which is almost certainly what you would do um or mm-hmm. even which is my next choice which is the hades breaching drill oh. which i'll come on to in a minute um, but yeah, I think this is a, a sensible addition. You know, you can get put another five in there for five points each per model, and then obviously you'd have to be you're looking at you know plus fifteen points for the melter guns. But a ten man melter gun section seems perfectly reasonable in solar auxiliary, right? Doesn't seem like an unreasonable thing to have when you can do it with marines, you know, a drop of a hat. And I know they're better, and I know all the rest of it. But you know, we're talking about the solar auxiliary, which is supposed to be the pinnacle of kind of human, non-augmented human. 
um, combat. So I really like them. I would definitely have them uh, if they if they were available. But I yeah. really like the fact that you can take a Hades breaching drill with them. And the Hades breaching drill is a right old bag of tricks. I absolutely love it. So the model, uh, people have probably seen the model. I think they still make it, don't they? Or do they not? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's still available. Um, so basically, it's got the subterranean. So it's an interesting profile. It's not a vehicle. It's a it's a monstrous creature. So it's strength eight, toughness seven, three wounds, initiative one, <laughs> one attack, leadership eight. It's got a four plus save, and a, a weapon skill is one. So not great in that regard. Um, but what it has got, it's got this melter cutter drill. So it's a strength user, AP1, melee shred armor bane. But its real joy is its weird ass rules for getting where it needs to go. So basically, you have to attach it to a squad. So you can't take it separately. So you attach it to the engineer squad. Um, and it comes on via deep strike. Now, interestingly, slightly different to the normal subterranean assault thing. Um, it's got a three inch blast marker, which you can put anywhere on the table. Um that you want the, the the drill to emerge and that includes actually over other models so you then roll for scatter so basically you can put this three inch blast template over something and hope for it not to scatter so you can basically drill up underneath things um uh any models touched by the template take a single hit from the melter cutter drill so you know it would hit you automatically with the vehicles being hit on their side armor uh, any models not destroyed are moved directly backwards so they are one inch away from the drill. Infantry squads must be moved to retain coherency. So it basically comes up underneath you, crunches you, and you have to get out of the way if it doesn't destroy you. Um, difficult, dangerous terrain, no effect on it. So it can just go up there. And the attached support section will automatically arrive the turn after the drill. So the kind of design behind this, which is really cool, I think, is the um, the, the tunnel that tunnels through comes up smashes into something and then the next turn the guys are following the tunnel and they come up behind it which i think is a really great idea yeah uh really interesting i mean it doesn't mean you're probably going to get their turn three earliest but i still think it's a really cool suggestion um the turn in which it arrives using deep strike he's breaching drill gets a four plus in one save so if it's just moved using the tunneling rule and it can actually move around to choose to move through the ground in a movement phase which i love so you can actually get it to drill back down again um there's a whole raft of rules that is probably just too too much to go into right now. But suffice to say, there's a lot of cool things with the Hades Assault Drill, which I think is breaching drill rather, which I think is really cool. I, I genuinely like it. I think it would add something to the game. The model's available. Mm-hmm. Why it's not being used, I don't know. But yeah, lots of fun to be had with that breaching drill coming up underneath Spartans and the like. Because um, it is strength seven, but it has got armor bane. So you could potentially pen it, um, mm-hmm. which would be nice. Um, turn one so and it's ap1 as well so even better you could potentially blow the flipping thing up so yeah what do you think i think that's a really nice i mean i love the model it's a really yeah. nice model i've done a couple of them for nicky uh, when i painted stuff yeah. for him and um it, it's, it's it's one of my favorites and i've got one somewhere lying around that i need to paint for me at some point but oh, yeah. they are it's an amazing model yeah and you know that alone is just cool and the rules are just brilliant they're really well thought out i, I really like the idea of the, the it drew it drills the tunnel first but the guys aren't behind it you have to wait a turn for them to come on yeah so it's a bit like a almost like a drop pod no not quite a drop pod but you know yeah 
yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Your drop pod comes down and you've got to get out of it kind of thing, but it doesn't happen on the same turn. It's like a turn behind. So, And plus, you know where it's going to come as well. Um, so that does give you the opportunity to surround the hole, basically, and get ready to shoot whatever comes up out of it. So, yeah, I, I think that's a great, great little thing. I think that would cause a lot of lot of laughs using that. Yeah, yeah. It's not particularly overpowered. It's not particularly, you know, vicious. It's, it's yeah, quite it's, gentle. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it can do a job. You know, strength seven armor main isn't to be laughed at, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, it's it would be with weapon skill one, it'd be hitting vehicles on fours. But you would automatically hit them actually thinking about it. It automatically takes a hit. So, yeah. Anyway, I like that a lot. I think the combination of that with the melter gun guys would be huge fun. And the Centurion, I think, feels a very needed gap in having a character that's a shooting character, not a close combat character. Cool. Okay. Well, I think what we'll do now is, shall we head into the list challenge? Let's do it. Okay, right, guys. Now we're going to go through our um, uh, list challenge. Now, this list challenge is is works by, um, well, how do I explain this? We basically present a list, and this this month we're doing mournable lists, and we judge it between ourselves based on three criteria. That is, is it fun to play against slash with? What is battlefield effectiveness and its cost? And right now we have got. Graham and Michael on one apiece and Rob on two. Chris didn't score anything last month because last month was his an army he plays, so he he, he didn't take part. The rest of us will not be taking part in at least one challenge this year as well to even that up. Yep. So we'll start up by I'm going to go first. So I've taken Militia <laughs> because I want to use the Death Corps of Krieg to have the Mounted Squadron. So yeah. So I'm starting off with a force commander, uh, mm-hmm. obviously. Uh, he has got a cyber familiar, digital lasers, uh, mastercrafted weapon. So um, just whatever, you know, his, his um, close combat weapon is mastercrafted because I had some points to spare. Mm-hmm. Uh, planetary overlord. He's taking Psy Resonant uh, Pentacles, which is uh, basically replaces the refractor field. That does sound painful, actually. It gives him a five plus invulnerable save, but any unit which contains models with a Psyker, Brotherhood of Psyker slash Sorcerers, Psychic Pilot, Demon, or Demon of the Runesome special rule locked in combat equipped with this um, has their initiative reduced to one until the end of the assault phase. Wow, that's powerful. So I like the sound of that because it gives mm. him a chance, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, he's, uh, yeah, so that's replaced his refractor field. Uh-huh. And Muster of Worlds, I've taken Cyber Augmetics and Gene Crafted. Of course. The two Actually, can classics. I take them together? I think you can. Uh, let me just... Have a, uh, I think you can. I think it's the... No, it's it can't the, be. No. Oh, dear. Minus oh 10 dear, points sorry. to Mr. Mr. Minus Peter. 10 points. No, I, I, I'll, I'll change that at some point. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I want one of them. And I'll change it. Which, one, which one would you have? The Gene Crafted or the... Um, Gene crafted. Okay. So I'll knock off the cyber automatics at some point. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, you. I mean, that means you get to charge, um, run, and everything without having any penalties. So that's always. Yeah, I think. That's uh, advanced. Sorry. Gene crafted fits the Krieg type look I'm going for. Okay. Fair enough. 
Then I've got a platoon command cadre. Uh, yeah. They've all got um, uh, carapace armor, um, which I like. I'm putting them in an Aurox uh, transport. Um, Is the so carapace armor four plus or five plus? One's paper, isn't it? Four Car- plus. Four Carapace plus. is four plus. Carapace yeah. is four plus. Flak cool. armor is not as good. Yes, that's what it is. Flak armor. Yeah, it's just okay. Paper. Flak so there's three three bodyguard in that squad, uh, a platoon commander, um, and a platoon standard bearer, yeah. and a, a vox operator. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I yeah. Like that a lot. Um, then in my elite slot, I've gone for a Medicaid detachment uh, with free Medicaid. Uh, Nothing special on them. Just free straight up Medicaid. Okay. Um, so obviously split around the squads. Yeah. Uh, troop choices. Now I've gone for uh, some Grenadier squads. I've got the two Grenadier squads. Um, so they've got 10 men in them. Yep. Uh, Vexelia, uh, mm-hmm. which I think is needed. Uh, special weapons, guys. I've, got, I've given them two special weapon guys. So the first squad is two plasma guns. Yep. And nice. their transport is a termite. Ooh. Yep. Uh, and there's two squads, more or less identical. The only difference is the. Uh, actually, no, there is no difference. I thought, I thought I took melter weapons in the other squad, but no, both plasma guns. Okay. It's been a few days since I wrote this list. Mm-hmm. Uh, then for my next uh, squad, I've chosen two pretty much identical infantry squads. Um, they've got a Vexelia, uh, crack grenades think they're going to be kind of ha- they could be handy um so there's two two squads of those no transports mm-hmm. uh in fast attack i've taken militia land speeders oh nice yeah. nice yeah yeah nice old school yeah so uh they've all got melter guns and multi-melters so nice. that's they're my primary anti-tank so obviously they're 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 not going to do a massive great big job because they're only yeah, two when, you, when you start with your with your 10, primary 10, 10. anti-tank yeah being 10 10 10 then it's a, it's, a, it's a challenge go on but hopefully they can speed around and uh, do something i mm-hmm. hope for uh i've got two militia mounted squads yes so just because cool. I, I want mounted mounted squad uh they've got carapace armor Mm-hmm. Um, there's ten of them in a squad. Melter bombs, Nuncio Vox, and uh, they've got riding lances and a Vexelia. Nice. So that look cool. There's two yeah. two identical squads of them because. Yep. Cool. So that's twenty horses. Twenty horses. Nice. Uh, then we've got some he- heavy Yeah. Mm-hmm. All, all, char- all charge of the light brigade. You know. Oh one. yes. Yeah. Probably for me, more charge of the light brigade. Go, knowing you, almost certainly guns to yes. the left, guns to the right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, a heavy support squad in heavy support. Sorry, not heavy support squad. I've gone for a Carnadon strike squadron uh, with three Carnadons in there. So they've got. Wait a minute. Th- Let me guess what they're armed with. Carnadons. They they uh, can't be armed with Volkite in uh, militia. They can't only in solar auxiliary. Yeah, only in solar auxiliary. Oh, uh, my precognition has let me down. Twin linked auto cannons. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and a heavy stubber. Yep. Uh, then I've got a heavy ordnance battery, uh, which has got. Three Medusa artillery siege guns in there. With we breaches. know how good they are from Mr. Rob's yep. Nuremberg list. Mm-hmm. And then as fortification for most of the infantry squad. Oh, have you given them breacher shells? Just uh, I have. Yes, of course I you have. Did say that. And I've put in an Aegis defense line. Good man. So the idea is I've got Aegis defense line, artillery behind that. Yeah. 
40 infantrymen to uh, basically shoot over that. Grenadiers coming up, um, you know, behind the enemy lines. In the ter- in the termites? Yeah, in the termites. Um, the cavalry charging down whilst the Ooh, artillery nice. pounds. And I'm just thinking that sounds like kind a light of- brigade. Yes, exactly. It is going to be very much charge of the light brigade. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great concept. Love it. So yeah, it's I like that. Like that that heavy pounding, and then the horse is going <laughs> steady, boys, steady. <laughs> of course, <laughs> heavy artillery fire, and the horse is following up behind that to um, to basically melee, uh, take care of anything else going in there. So that's okay. that's my list. And I I like the idea. Phrasing. Phrasing. Oh, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> right. That is a great list. I like the idea. You thought that out. I like this. Conceptually, it's going to look great. Um, like you say, charging forward and everything. You've got a lot of people there. The producers aren't to be laughed at, you know, and you've got the skimmers as well for a bit of funds. But yeah, I think that's cool. I guess that is a, that would look really cool on a, on, a, on a table, I think. That's the idea. Yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Uh, well, shall I go next? Because I usually go last. So I'll, I'll get my. Yeah, go on. Me. So uh, no surprises here. I've gone with an Iron Warriors list. So <laughs> I've used oh. the the Arata and some of their Monoval events thing to, because they make some slight alterations as well, which I've added. But you guys can decide if you want to include them or not. I'm fully okay with that. So HQ choice is I've gone for a, a gunnery centurion. Of course you have. Uh, with the missile launcher uh, and the Sabbat rounds, uh, which basically means he's got a single shot AP2. 36 inch range and he's got artista for armor mm-hmm. so everything else as per i've gone for a master of signals just the normal master of signals but i've given him melter bombs because i just have five points left over he's there obviously to do what he does so he's the orbital bombardment and there's the cogmas signum which uh gives the plus one to the british skill but also acts as an orbital scanner which is very important in this kind of list and then my actual warlord is a warsmith um which is giving him an iron halo she's already got the two plus uh artist for armor and the war, the warsmith upgrade and the servo arm. So he can mm-hmm. go around fixing stuff as he sees fit as well. But classic Iron Warriors, and you need one for my right of war, which is the um, Hammer of Olympia. Of course, the classics are all coming out. I've gone for a, a Cortus Dreadnought Talon. So this is, a, this is another unit that's, that's kind of new. So they've done some work with the Boxernauts and um, given them the option for being Cortus Boxernauts. So mm. slightly cheaper than the um contempt to one but effectively the same the same thing applies so i've given just with just twin fists you know strength 10 charging up there and you get you get the option to sort of overcharge them where they get rage so an extra attack so yeah cheapest cheerful boxer noughts coming at you so 210 points there not cheap but good fun i think um i've gone for a tech marine on a bike because I thought oh, that's a great idea, you know, having this sort of roaming tech marine going around fixing tanks and stuff makes total sense to me. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so a tech marine, just a normal tech marine, uh, or the one that's listed in the Mornaval rules anyway, with a space marine bike, servo arm, obviously to fix stuff, and a graviton gun. Because you can give them a graviton gun. So I thought, oh, that'd be cool. And then just a straightforward squad of rapiers with the quad heavy bolters, which the gunnery centurion would go in. So he would join that unit and could give them Sunder, I think, and Shred, which is quite useful. There's a lot of heavy bolt shots there. No good against armour, but great against infantry, uh, re-rolling wounds. Um, 
and then uh, the Hussar squad, Hussar. Uh, so basically, I've got a, a just a bod Hussar squad, which is where the Tech Marine would join to basically drive around with. Mm-hmm. It should be nice. You can join them. Um, and then in with one of our rules, you can actually join them to a lot more things, the Tech Marines. So they can actually join tactical squads and veteran squads, whereas previously the Tech Marine has to ha- I think you can have is a um, cohort of servitors which is always a bit naff. So you can now actually embed the tech marine in the way that you can embed the, augury, the um, what are they called, apocryphies, mm-hmm. which I think, again, that's not doesn't seem ga- game-breaking to me. It seems like a perfectly sensible thing. So, yeah, Hazar Squad, you can also give them a jump pack and join assault squads if you wanted to, but I thought the Hazar Squad is quite a cheap troop choice and pretty good for that. Uh, and then I've gone for three identical tactical squads because I've got to have three compulsory troop choices with the right of war. Just a normal 10-man tactical squad, but they're all in rhinos with dozer blades. So there's three of those just to pay the old troop tax off. And then in the heavy support section, which is where the fun starts, you can take squadrons of Scorpiuses now, whirlwind Scorpiuses. So three, three Scorpions doing their business, which is lovely. So lined up fantastic and you can also take derrideos in a talon so i've gone for two derrideos they've changed the points as well really which i think is sensible so the derrideo with their heavy last kind of the heavy last kind of it's like a 50 point upgrade normally which makes it super expensive that's been changed to 15 so they come in at mm. 200 points and the aliosis missile launcher on both of them as well so two of those in a talon marvelous and then some iron havocs 10 man with missile launchers and then the sabbat missile the sabbat upgrade as well which gives them the ap2 single shots <laughs> august scanner on the sergeant with artificial armor so the classics are all at play there and then finally a sakaran you can take them in squadrons of two so the normal bod sakaran which i've just taken normally um with two with the heavy bolt responses on either both of them and of course the inevitable guess what's next Age of Defence Line. With, line. <laughs> with an ammo dome. Exactly. Of course. of course it is. So, yeah. So, basically, I thought that's quite cool. I, I like the addition that they're kind of, you know, you can take some of these things in squads with their errata now, which I think is very cool. And just using the same units slightly differently, I think it's it's nice. The um, missiles become really useful, I think. Uh, the Iron Havocs particularly, because um, single-shot AP2 is great. Uh, the range is slightly less, but, you know, it's still a useful thing. And they come sort of pseudo las cannons then. Um, and, of course, they've got all their special rules anyway. So that's it. That is the entirety of it. No no super heavies. Um, it's a lot of points in the heavy support section, but it's Iron Warriors. And that's what we do. Nice. That's me. Cool. Uh, Very cool. Chris. Oh, oh, I know. <clears throat> right. So I um, actually thought we were doing something. Graham is doing a different list. I'm going to use my original list. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to do my uh, Solar Ox tank regiment. Nice. And that is the nice. end of my use of the Mournival rules right there. Um, <laughs> I guess it is. Yeah, because it's all it's all I need. You know, I could go through and, you know, I did. There is a, I've done another list which got the World Eaters Triari and, and stuff like that. But I just, this opens up. It's a simple little thing and it just opens up um an, an entirely different army which i think you know it's it's not about a unit it just opens up a different army style 
different games. It always have to be about the units, but as you say, yeah. you've got you've got the erratas and the extra rights of war and that, and that's yeah. perfectly valid for this challenge. Yeah. So um, you know that that's that's the avenue I've gone down. So tank commander, um, nice and simple. He is going to be rocking around in a Valdor because anything with that word in it has to be in the list. <laughs> uh, also, it's an awesome tank for 300 points. Mm-hmm. Strength 10, AP1, Ordnance 2. Uh, the tank commander, because he can have a special rule, he's going to have the tank hunter special rule. Just Because yeah. that's, that's you know, what you need with strength 10. AP1, yeah, absolutely. AP1, Ordnance 2, Exoshock. I'm, I'm making sure I kill that thing. <laughs> I think in the uh, errata... They've they've put a lumber and behemoth rule in for the Malkadors. I'm just seeing if it applies to all the Malkadors. Malkador well, Malkador isn't a Malkador, so well it, it's, it's a Malkador chassis, but it's not a Malkador tank. It's not a Malkador mm. tank. Malkador tanks have the following special rule: lumber and behemoth. What? Mm, okay. Well, it's not a Malkador. It's a Valdor tank. It's not a Malkador. It's not uh, a Malkador in fairness. Fair enough. No. Fair enough. But it still loses the in the. Um, uh, you know the FAQ from Forge World. It still loses the uh, super the, the super heavy rule. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, not worried about that. Just wanted to put Valdor in the list. Somewhere. Yeah, I've got yeah. two of them. I've got two of them in a the case. They've I been out of the a, case once. It's a, it's a super cool tank. Uh, so we can only drive Armand Ceramite and Las Cannon um, on that as well, just to make sure it does what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, two two tank Carnadon squads. Um, yep. Auto cannon uh, on the turret on one, las cannon on the other, and they've got uh, las cannon sponsons. <coughs> uh, the elite's choice is uh, one assault squad of two demolishers, just because you know pie plate fun. Mm-hmm. Two Malpador and furnaces, both with the Chem munitions. Ouch. Yep. Well, so that's... well, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely not winning battlefield effectiveness. <laughs> so that is strength three, AP two, poison two plus pinning, armor bane, eighteen inch torrent. So um, that's just to deal with any little um, annoying uh, sort of troop choices. Armies. That, uh, any 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 of Rob's uh, Nuremberg three hundred nonsense. Just burn that to the ground. Uh, can be one-shotted though. Yes, yeah, they can, can be. be. Yeah, but that's Speaking what from experience, they can be one-shotted by a marine with a last cannon. Yeah, yeah. So there's two of them. Uh, fast attack choice. Yeah, I've got two in there. They are two um, strike squadrons. One has another tank commander. Because why the hell not? Again with tank hunter and a vanquisher. And then two normal battle tanks. They've all got um, las cannons as their front weapons. Yeah. And then second strike squadron, all with just uh, normal battle tank. Uh, yeah, battle cannons on the yeah, uh, yeah. russes. Yeah. Again, all las cannons on the on the front. Two thousand nine hundred ninety points. Job mm-hmm. done. Nice. Lots of cool tanks on the board, but yeah, it's just you know that simple thing of allowing your tank commander to be a, a normal HQ choice and opening up the options of the Carnadon. And it's just a simple thing. It just opens up a different army. 
does so, yeah totally different yeah, it does. one that i'm absolutely terrified of what was in sorry was it just the malkadors you had in heavy support sorry mate i must they're elite choices sorry yeah was they it, become elite did, choices did you have anything so no, just nothing in heavy support. nothing in heavy support right okay cool. uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen tanks Nice. Nice. Four of those are Carnadans. Two of them Four are Four of those Malkadors. are Carnadans, two are Malkadors, and eight of them are Rusters, and one of them is a Valdor. Nice. Very cool. Love it. Well, obviously, I'm going to like that. So that just leaves Rob to, to bring it on home. Yeah. Uh, well, this uh, I feel like I'm, I've been uh, writing. Ironically, I feel like I've been writing a list from a different book because mine, what I've written, could not compete with uh, either of the last two, and probably not not very well with Michael's either. So, uh, I I sort of you know I looked at the watch pack and I looked at the Ilfen car and I was like I'm writing a wolf list. Um. So yes. I went I went with the Pale Hunters right wall, which gives you plus one to reserves. Everyone gets hit and run. 3d6 in power armor, 2d6 if they're in terminator armor, and they get plus one attack if they're charging a unit which is already locked, which isn't a right of war I've ever used, so I thought I'd try something. The downside is you're only allowed one heavy support choice. So it's another reason why Graham would never take it. Uh, So I've got um, standard Praetor. I say standard Praetor. It's the one that I run. Aetherune armor, Iron Halo, Mastercrafted Paragon Blade, Power Fist, Digital Lasers, and Melter Bombs. Yeah. So it's a bit of a beat stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unsurprisingly, because it's a wolf list, there's also a Speaker of the Dead in there in HQ, but he's in cataphract he's in cataphracty armor with a great frost blade. So something like, like that it. makes it any better. Well, well, you know. <laughs> saying it like you're doing me a favour. Yeah, because then it, you know he can't sweep. He can't. He, he can't run and sweep in advance here like my normal ones can. Um, <laughs> then, then just to get more of. Look, Graham's not allowed to complain about this anymore. Um, there is a Pravian console for my third mandatory HQ. That's why I really struggled with this, like that with the sort of um, mm. official red books versus Mornival, Mornival red books. The wolves yeah. have still got to have three three HQs. Gotcha. in 3,000 points. Yeah. Um, so I've gone for a Pravian nice. with two Castellacs with Power Blades and Darkfire Cannons on each Ooh. one. Do you know what? That's actually not a bad choice, is it? Thinking yeah. Because it gets around... Because it gives you some anti-tank without having to go down a heavy support choice, which you've only got one of anyway. Yeah. 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 Nice, so, nice yeah, thinking. Yeah, 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 I like yeah, it. You know, Pale Hunter's Wolves rules with, like, two Pravians with yeah. <laughs> Castellacs all over the place. There's six Castellacs. The, the Pravian meta... Um, so in troops, I have two Grey Hunter units, Grey Slayer units rather, 10 man, uh, four power weapons and two power fists in each. They're both identical units because I was just trying to get them in with some form of utility for as cheap as possible. Mm-hmm. So then things start getting a bit more interesting okay. in my elites unit. So I have a 10 man watch pack. Nice. With three great, three great frost blades and seven combat shields. Right. Uh, and the, <laughs> so, so the rest of the rest of them are a, a mixed match of axes, mauls, and uh, claws. Teeth, claws. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, frost, frost claws. Because why take a frost sword when you can take a frost claw when you're not getting a bonus attack anyway? You may as well just give yourself shred. Totally, hundred percent with it. 
So uh, so that's Elite's choice one. But to give you an example, that's 465 points on foot sure. at the moment. But that, if you were going to run them on foot, that's a 465-point unit. Okay. That's a, that's a lot of points to get removed by an Infernus. Yes, I, yeah. My precognition is, uh, is, is is coming up with a yeah. Spartan at some point in the future, but we'll no, let's no, carry on. No, no, I can't. No, I can't. Okay. Uh, well, you can. I can take one, but you know who yeah. takes who takes one Spartan? Um, <laughs> Most people. <laughs> yeah. Society, Rob. That's who. All oh, right, sorry, right society. Oh, sorry. Uh, so my second elite choice is a ten-man Ulfdnar pack, which is the, uh, the the sort of crazy mutant guys we talked about yeah. earlier. So ten of them is three hundred and seventy-five points, and they can't go in a vehicle, and they no. can't have anything. So they literally are just running at you in their shorts. Nice. Uh, third elite's choice as mentioned earlier it's five man legion heavy destroyer unit in saturnine pattern terminator armor oh yeah Uh, with four lightning claws and a thunder hammer on the ruin master nice so So for those of us who haven't looked at the saturnine is that what are the rules for that uh, it basically counts as cataphracty. Okay, cool. It just looks cool. Yeah, it's just got the, it's got the ridiculously huge shoulder. Um, yeah, it's got the, the dynasty. Yeah, there's there's, <laughs> there's, there's some art, there's some artisan hard baked um, third party components will be. Released. I knew that you'd have to take a trip down to that sort of specialist <laughs> shop down the the lanes in the north lanes in Brighton and or the shambles of York <laughs> to try and eke out this from some handcrafted yeah. hippie who was last made figures at Woodstock for Jimi Hendrix. They're no, carved they... out of marble. You certainly couldn't get any on the shambles. You used to live on the shambles and all you can buy there now is overpriced Harry Potter merchandise. Uh, pretty um, much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then in Fast Attack, uh, as a glutton for punishment, I have two Storm Eagle gunships. Oh. Okay. So we have two Storm Eagles. Um, and then in Spartans. Yeah, and uh, yeah, basically just flying the <laughs> button. Um, then in heavy support, and one and only heavy support, is a Legion Landraider Battle Squadron with two Landraider Phobos. Oh, oh, oh. nice. So the the plan is basically the two Grey Slayer units. Yes. They go in. They go in a Landraider each. So it's a yeah. little bit. It's a little bit business as usual. It's just scaled down a bit. It's like yeah. a diet version of my list. Yes. Um, with the Ulfordnar, like trying, you know, flitting from cover to cover to try not and get themselves nuked uh, yep. to kill something, and then the uh, with the Pravian in the background to try and take out some uh, take out some tanks, and then there is the two um, two what's it's come down the two Storm Eagles come down, and in one of them uh, you've got the Watch Pack, yes, and then in the other one you've got the five. Um, heavy destroyer terminators because i don't believe they suffer from the same thing as normal destroyers if i read that right that you can did i let me just check that right before we have to re-record this whole section i didn't spot the morita only bit on the heavy destroyers let's have a look if we did then michael can rewind the last five minutes delete it and i'll re-record my list And I'll swear profusely to make sure that he does it. Where have they gone? So what, they can only be joined by a monitor. They like can. Destroyers. Page right. 38. Page 38. Yeah, I really wish they'd put hyperlinks in this uh, document. I think it's just images scanned, isn't it? Which is one they probably haven't. Um, no, the... it's not. It's, it's, it's proper 
Lone Killers, no, there it is. Can't be joined by any other model. Yes. Can I please re record this entire bit, please, Mike? <laughs> I, I think that's a fail. Yeah. Simple as that. Yeah, that's a fail. I've missed that on three units now. I've just gone, there's the stats. They're quite cool. I forget about the rules. I'm never going to play them. I'm just writing the list. Yeah. So you have to take a, take a penalty like uh, like Mr. Yeah. B did with his. Um, yeah, with his, uh, take a penalty on that one. Yeah. Okay. Good idea. Shame yeah. it didn't quite pan out. That's that way. a little. That's a little um, unfortunate. There potentially not. I'm not going to blame anybody else. My my oversight might be might be a case of nobody ever probably thought they were going to try and stick three units that have lone killers in it in a single <laughs> arm list that, that, that also has to take three HQs. That, that, I mean, you could put the three HQs together and just have them, you know, doing their thing elsewhere. Um, a combat Praetor stood in the background with the, with the dark fire Castellax going, yeah, don't don't infiltrate on us. <laughs> the, um, uh, interesting uh, yeah. enough, actually, also in the Errata for one of our, they've upped the Phobos, which I was kind of talking about earlier. The Phobos has a transport capacity of twelve, which Ooh, I think that's a, handy. Which is a, such a great idea, right? Because it just means you can have a five yeah. man Terminator squad plus a yeah. another Terminator type in there without having to go to the Spartan. And I think yeah. that just that change alone, you'd see the battlefield change, wouldn't you? Because people yeah. go, oh, because cool. like, what, cause what I, I would have done. I love rhinos to have eleven myself. Because yeah. what I would have yeah. done in that case, I'd love you I know was... everything to have a two plus armor save and you know <laughs> four plus feel no <laughs> so pain and vulnerable just, save. It sounds but daft, at some but point, it's like the idea of being able to take a ten man yeah, squad but, of tactical marines and I think, think it's it used to be a thing back in the day. I think in early 40k that that rhinos had. No, um, no, Rhinos had one. eleven because like Ra- Razorbacks were six. No, but weren't they eleven because if you blew it up, the driver could get out in Rogue Trader. Cool. Uh, possibly. That's but anyway, I think was. the Phobos, which is more expensive than the other one, yeah, Proteus, I think. Proteus would that would give it a little bit of extra. I mean, I don't think that would be game breaking, but maybe it would be. I don't know. I mean, you can't take a flare shield with it, so it's still pretty vulnerable. Yeah. No, anyway. Yeah. I would have, uh, I would have put me, uh, I would have gone. All right, my characters are getting in different vehicles then. Yeah. Uh, in that case. Yes. So anyway, that's uh, Rob's slightly. Uh, you'd have to put all your three independent characters together, or two of them anyway, and just have them running around. But that's where we're at. So. Yeah. Uh, fool of the took. All in all, in all, how did you find that? Obviously. I found it. I found it really tough. I found it. I found it. I found it. So used to list. Yeah. So it's taken me days to kind of think of something. I'm so used to writing lists in a certain way mm-hmm. that to then have a whole different section of things to think about was interesting, but difficult, I think. Yeah, yeah it, was, I, that, it was. doesn't mean it wasn't a pleasurable experience. It was just I had to think a bit more. Yeah, it was I'm almost bit, like writing, list, writing a list for a completely different game. I might be a bit weird then because I actually found it really easy to write the list. Okay. Mm-hmm. What um, about you, Chris? No, yeah, I, I, off, I cut, cut Michael off there. Sorry, mate, you were going to say something else? It, it, it's just it's in battle scribe but they've done the thing for it it works it was just like writing a list for um any other okay. time so i had to use excel yeah i, I, I have shit. i did find the um the mournaval option in the end um, okay separate army list sort of thing um yeah I, I i enjoyed it i enjoyed looking through the units and so i just kept to a simple um Sort of strategy, realised not strategy, but you know, I mean, I had a, an idea as soon as I saw the the option. I was like, well, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, okay. Yeah, there are some super cool things in there. 
yeah, I think it was nice. Out. It was a nice change. It was. It was yeah. certainly. I think um, going forward, actually, we'll do the scores first, and then we'll talk about the next step. So, fun to play with and fun to play against. So, out of all of those there, which do we think was the most fun to play with, if Tank you were playing that army, Tank and which was the most fun to play against? Not uh, mine, because it because it was illegal, and you get an automatic win if I put mine on the table. <laughs> <laughs> I, I must admit, Rob's. So you get more you know, time at the bar. With some <laughs> with some changes, I think Rob's would be really interesting to play against. Chris's yeah. is uh, also a lot of fun. Chris's would absolutely span a mine in two turns. Uh, yeah, I don't. Legal. I've got to say, I don't. As much as I love a tank army, and I've been on the receiving end of snarky remarks using armor breakthrough, they aren't a great deal of fun to play against. Simply because you're gonna somebody's gonna turn up with a recon company or something and just be completely screwed. And that's not your fault for running but tanks. But I, I would love to play that army chris that's i would like to actually play with it yeah, yeah. but not necessarily play against it yeah i think that's the thing playing with right, it Mike, is just, bring, just bring your just bring your knights against it yeah or even an armor breakthrough just to, to take it on would be really cool it's it's not it's I means yeah it'd be good for talon sort of um yeah sort of themed event it's yeah it's not a list for the other side of the board to enjoy it's just there to for the, the owner's own gratification it's <laughs> inherent <laughs> Inherently, I'm a selfish individual. That's yeah, sorry, Michael's, Michael's got a glaive. If you can get that enfilading down all those russes, they don't stop that beam. Then they're all dead. Yeah, that does yeah. happen. Yeah. <laughs> and, and to be honest with you, it's not. If you, the problem with the full armor approach is it's a it's a rock paper scissors thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're either you're either going up against you know you're the rock and somebody's the scissors, i.e. recon company or lots of tactical marines, you know, or a very infantry heavy army with not very strong weapons close combat army who are you going to if they're not going to get to you quickly you're going to destroy but on the other side of the coin deep striking armies or you know armies with lots of spartans with lots of guys with chain fists for example they yeah. will just wipe you out that's, really that's quickly the the squadrons will get absolutely <laughs> sm- smashed fit so i think i'm gonna have to give my vote on this one to rob no i wouldn't mine's illegal i'm taking penalty i'm not allowed any points I would go with definitely for me the one that would be the most fun to see and play against would be yours, Michael. Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, I think. I think it's got. Wait, have I just won a section that's not cost? Yes, you totally. Well, I think you have. I think it would be really cool. I think it's got a really cool idea behind it. Yeah, absolutely. That's unanimous. Is that one? Yeah, I think think yours would be. Yours had a really good theme. You, the the units were really appropriate for that theme. Uh, and I think it would just look great. So I think it would it's be really good fun to Death play Riders on the table. Instant yeah, win. Exactly. Yeah. It would be fun to play win. against, and it would be fun to try and get that army to work. It's the so, first yeah. time I've won fun to play against slash with for, um, uh, well, from anything other than cost in 12 months. So I think that's a great that's list. Right. New year, new season. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Change your approach. Really, really good list and really interesting as well, mate. So yeah, right. okay, definitely. cool. All right, so battlefield effectiveness. Uh, mine's illegal, zero points. Move on. Yeah. <laughs> I have to count you out of that one, Chris. Um, Chris is without without batting an eyelid because nine times out of ten it's going to be the rock to the scissors. I I it is effective, but it has got some weaknesses. I'm you just going to put, put it out there. They're not it, many, and they're all they're all behind them generally. Like, and when that lot lines up, if that lot opens fire in turn one, there's. Yeah. 
I mean, Spartan-wise to deal with. What would you have to deal with the Spartans, Chris? I've Just got a strength 10 AP1 or yeah, tank hunting. Exoshock BS5 tank. Yeah, but it's still... <laughs> I'm just trying to think, you know... I think Chris's is probably the most effective on the battlefield, but nah. if he comes up against armies that, you know, can deal with that, he's going to get yeah. ripped apart. But look, it, look. It, it's a case of, I think his army is very much a, generally speaking, definitely will be the most effective, but he has got vulnerabilities there, which, you know... I'm going to yeah. put a case for me. There's always a thing against... <laughs> squadrons can be a... A, yeah. a, a real noose, a real sort of yeah, hamstring. Over, bleeding hull points and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but yeah, go on, Gray. I'm going to put a case for me here because I, so my, I think that I, things like anti-air as well. Chris is going to struggle with so your your classic lightnings. Yeah. Um, doesn't, he get, to, doesn't he get something that gives something um, skyfire anyway? He, he could, but this, he could give. Or did he not the, take it? No, you'd have to take no. take off the tank hunter and change it to oh, yeah. Skyfire. Which on a Valdor is pointless anyway. Well, yeah. But I couldn't on put a, it on a guy on, with the vanquisher. On a Macarius Vulcan, Skyfire would be unreal. Yeah. yeah. Or a, or a Punisher. Uh, Punisher yeah. might do it. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah. yeah. Um, that's the only thing I suppose. Close combat would do you infiltration. Um, not too much a problem, but outflanking is always a problem. So mm. yeah, I yeah, fair enough. I mean, I think I'm just just saying it. I. Yeah, I, I think you know you've know, you got the you've got the Sakaran covered with the yeah you've got the um even the Vanquisher can deal with the Sakaran if you're lucky because it's yeah. got armor bane and it's I think it's strength eight armor strength, bane strength, strength eight, eight armor strength, yeah yeah so you know you can't even yeah. with a flare shielded one you can still that was strength seven with two dice added together average is going to be fourteen you can you know you can get lucky um and with tank hunter you reroll one of those as well if you're given your second tank commander tank hunter. Yep. I, I think for me personally, I'm going to have to stick with Chris. Fair play. I think nine times out of ten, Chris is going to be the most powerful. Yes. On the I, th- table. I think the, I think the paper to that to that rock is so infrequent. Like you're going to suffer against um, potentially super mobile jet bike armies with 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 melter bombs. So don't play Pete. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, mine isn't. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 you know, taught myself down. Uh, it's, I think it's probably. I mean, there are a lot of ways you can get around this army. It is, you know, it, it can do a lot, but it can a lot can do it. Yes. Um, I'm going to just put one more case for me, right? Because <laughs> I'll be damned if I'm going to get and get battlefield effectiveness every turn this year. Um, deep striking armies. I've got Orgri scanners. Sakarans. I've got the Derodeos. Aircraft, I've got the Derodeos and the Iron Havocs. Iron Havocs, AP2 and missiles. Yeah, I think Scorpius, Hordes, Rapier, yeah. Hordes. Oh, that's true. Uh, uh, I, I agree with you there, Graham, but it's a close run thing and I'm going to have to give my vote to Chris. Try yeah, to. I, I get a vote too, Gray, and I vote yeah. for you. So. Iron Havocs don't have armour 13 or 14 at the front. No, but they, um, are they, got, they have got an Aegis defence line. Yeah, uh, four plus and they are rolling ones. Yeah, that's true. And they are yeah, iron havocs. Well, we, and we'll are, um. And I have got oh. tank hunter. So that's. Uh, and I've got two quarter dreads with 
instruct ten <laughs> power fists to, to take care so, of the... So, 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 so it's a draw then. So Graham's so, voting for himself and me and I'm Michael not, are... No, I'm going to vote for Chris because obviously out of I'll all of for, the list that aren't for... mine, Chris's is the most effective, I'll, I think. He puts I, three I cases for forward to not accept that Chris's is the best, but will vote for himself. <laughs> <laughs> you can't vote for yourself, otherwise, you know, that's the thing, right? So well, Chris true. is definitely an effective army. I just, from personal I think, experience, I think that it's... Yeah. I think I think Chris's would take more getting used to than yours, though, because although you've got yes. definite counters in yours, they're counters that are infantry that are people are used to. You put a wall of tanks in front of people. It's not unless people, you know, play in Durham, they've probably not played that very often. Do you know what? That's a very good point, and I've received it from there on in. I have you're, kind, you're kind of looking from the inside because you've played that kind of list. You know how to beat it, but I've never played an old tank list. I'd be like, oh god, what do I do? That is a really good point. My, so yeah, my, so, my vote still goes to Gray because you know. Yeah, I think he's probably, I, I think Gray covers a lot of bases. Mine goes to Chris. So it's uh, Michael. You still on Chris? Yep. Right then, and it's Chris then. Chris, it is. Curses. Well played, Chris. Okay. Cool. Uh, cost wise, well, I think oh, I'm right I'm out, out because <laughs> I'm like one thousand four hundred and eighty pounds and fifty pence because I stuck to Creed. I'm one one thousand one hundred pounds. Mine is. So how much was that, Graham? One thousand and fifteen pounds forty six pence. And that's using Element Games for the Mark III. I use Venerable Dreadnoughts for the Dreadnoughts. Uh, Everything else, obviously, is mainly from... I use the Tech Marine from Games Workshop. I think it's nice. I prefer that one to the to one that you have in the Forge World range. But I have to cut him up to put him on a bike, obviously, which will require a little bit of modelling. Um, Warsmith, um, I'm going to actually have to stick a servo claw on the one of the Command Squad fellas. And the Gunnery Centurion couldn't find a suitable single figure, so I'm gonna, I am going to. thought about changing the Vigilator. And converting him, because I think he's a cool-looking figure, and he kind of is in a gun pose, and maybe changing the sniper rifle for a missile launcher. Oh, Just yeah. looks- uh, mine is well, it comes in 864 from Games Workshop, 808 from the Outpost, 822 from Element Games. Also 1600 pounds. So what was the lowest so, there? Chris? So, 808. For, for the whole army, was that? The whole army, yeah. yeah oh, right, between the four drill bits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Using Mine. plastic rusts. Because it's, yeah. it's only three... Um, yeah. It's only a few four drill models. The the Malkador's 92, the Valdor's 92, Carnadons are 75 each, and the um, the Malkador's are 100-odd quid each. So. And, the, yeah, the, the rust is, I mean... Buttons hate product, product placement, I mean, from the, from the outpost, they're 28 quid a piece. <sighs> So you could do, I mean, are you, you know, with the, what was the Carnarvon? 75 quid each? Yep. So that's 150. And then the rest you could actually just do in Russes, couldn't you? Yeah. But 28 pound a pop. At 28 pound a pop. Nice. And you don't need that many. Yeah, Yeah. it's cheap. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Uh, Mine came out at 840 pounds and 12. You could do it cheaper because I've got like 60 quid of, I've got 90 quid of conversion parts there. Um, Plus, um, Things like there's 560 quid from Forge World, Saturnine Terminators. You can get them from at the underscore Forge underscore Temple on Instagram. He did some really nice ones. There's the ones that Jack from Anvil's Corner converted up recently. Mm-hmm. Um, great Frost Blades from Conversion World. Um, com- 
shields from conversion world and then for the um Ulfen car chaps i've just got a, a mark th- a box of mark three a box of bestigore a box of those rubbish wolfen to like use like two parts from because you won't <laughs> let me just order bits um and there's things like there's 31 quid for a box of uh, a gray knight squ- strike squadron which gives you all the swords yeah, yeah. gives you all the power swords and then there's like um five space wolf upgrade sprues at like eight quid a pop um bolt pistols from anvil industry so you could probably take that down below 700 if you went um yeah i was gonna say if you didn't go down the artisanal route yeah and there's yeah. two Ma- there's two forge world mark two land raiders there so if you went plastics you could probably save 100 quid there and all mm-hmm. um so you could probably do it for about 600 quid um Okay, all so in, all in. So, what do we want? Which which do we want to take? Do you want to take the artisanal route? We have decided that artisanal is not the way forward. But if you want to hamper yourself in such a fashion, feel free. I I always write these with what I would do. Okay, fair enough. So that, that's how I do it. I would buy a Mark II Land Raider rather than a plastic one because basically I hate my bank manager and myself in equal manners in equal degrees um and i just i just think they're nicer and because i spend all the time painting it rather than playing games with it and then i'd rather spend it on something on a, on a, as a modeling project rather than a kind of oh this is the most efficient thing i can have for the minimum number of pennies okay so, Fair so, enough. That's my, so with that in mind that means that uh, the scores on the doors are as follows fun to play with against it's an, in a shock result that Ladbrooks would have taken some serious bets on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael B. Botterell. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Battlefield Effectiveness disputed, but fundamentally, Chris wins that. Mm-hmm. And not only that, he also gets cost as well, giving him a total well. of two points and winning the Mornavaldis Challenge. Congratulations, Chris. Well done. And indeed, using, uh, I, I, I I'm going to say fifth Godsmoke to be on the phone ten minutes oh, well. from this going out. Number of Fs <laughs> given absolutely zero. Um, I will say that I probably should lose it, but I only used one thing from the Mournival rules. You guys use much more of what uh, of what they yeah, had out there. You used but one I, thing and wrote a I, legal list. I I wrote used three of <laughs> an illegal list. So you know, there's there's points for your I side think, of the approach as well. Yeah, I just you know I, I think you know, I'll I'll have a half a point for for you know you guys. Um, no, no, no. You, no you, I, just, I just found a simple loophole. Can you all. make that list without using the Mournival rules? No. Exactly. So you use the Mournival rules. Okay, just because enough. you didn't use units from within it doesn't... I'm just to make Graham less bitter, that's all. You won't, that won't work. I'm already bitter now. It's, <laughs> it's too late. The damage is done. Uh, he's, he's, he's so filled with tannins, it's unreal. Uh, yeah, the, the same applies fundamentally for me as well, Chris, because I, I suppose I use the Legion Gunnery Centurion, and but everything else is a, a variation on the existing units, yeah, i.e. Yeah. using more of them. So, no, I, I don't think that, that you should put yourself down on that regard, because I only used one. Uh, Rob has the most, I think. Yeah. Um, possibly Sorry, yeah. Michael. Um, so, which is why I suppose fun to play with Great. against that would have been counted in that, to be honest with you. Yeah. So, yeah, don't worry about it. It's cool. Okay, so no, Chris wins the Mournaval Challenge. Yeah, okay, so mm-hmm. should we head into the close for this episode then? Let's flip and do it, because time's ticking. 
And that takes us to the end of the first bit of the show, the second bit of the show. Who knows? Um, so thanks for bearing with us and uh, leave us a review on iTunes or you could follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and YouTube. Michael will put all the links in the show notes. Give our two Facebook pages a like as well. There's the Edge of Empire page and the Edge of Empire listeners community uh, for no other reason than to let us know what that you like what we're doing and to uh, soothe Graham's ego. My ego is totally soothed. Totally after looking at our downloads now that's my right. that's my new go-to to be honest Brilliant. with you <laughs> drugs. Um, yeah that's that, that just cheers me up i don't know whether mark was just making them up like but you know they say, <laughs> just to, just to appease me but you know two and a half thousand or whatever fantastic uh now if you want to get in touch with us you can post on the facebook wall send us a message to facebook or instagram or email us at the rush at edge of empire.co.uk we all each have individual emails as well so if you want to send one of us a message without the other three knowing it's just our first names at edge of empire.co.uk also if you want to help out the show then uh we accept paypal uh, and we have an aff- affiliate link with Audible, so you can sign up to get your Horus Heresy audiobooks through them with a month's free trial. And after that, it's the seven ninety nine a month for an audiobook that we all know about. And all the Black Library books are on there. And in a non-Heresy-related thing, seeing as Michael hasn't snuck one in yet, I'm reading the second of the Beckin trilogy by Dan Abner at the moment, Penitent. And it's so good. Oh, my God. Uh, so I believe that'll be up there. Uh, you can also become a patron of the show. Uh, pop a couple of quid in the tip jar and we will be eternally eternally great for it yes as always Uh, yeah also go go and check out the daylight company yes please Uh, do for all your lighting needs we'll be reviewing some stuff for them nice and soon as well yeah i'll I'll do an unboxing video and we're going to get some sort of discount link or something i'm hoping so the final details haven't quite come through yet but i'll organize that with them maybe um, even a competition in the future who knows yeah, so here we go oh that'd be awesome uh, if you want to help us all out uh, individually you can help you can do that by going through the advert on the website to purchase your wargaming toys from element games we also have element crystal codes which means you get double crystals and we get normal ones as well they're in the show notes as usual but chris's is chr211 graham's is gra2794 michael's is mic440 and mine is rob 676 and we also have an affiliate link with the outpost in sheffield as well which is a fab little friendly local gaming store so check and them out cheap for lemon and cheap as who doesn't good. like them so next month sees us tackling the 31st millennium's best basic humans Allegedly, <laughs> apparently. Uh, I mean, my gaming record with them wouldn't necessarily bear that out, but hey ho, yeah, uh, it's the it's the it's the solar auxilia, you know. Such why fun, why Such take fun. why take power armor when you can take pajamas? Um, <laughs> it's all, all the fun of no armor without the ridiculous weight of numbers advantage. Um, it's, a, so, it's, a, it's a pros army, to be honest with you, to get it to work. I think you need, it's going to be a challenge for, not saying that you guys aren't pros, obviously, but it's going to be, it's a challenge, right, to make an effective solar auxiliary army in a world of Marines with heavy yeah. bolters that will kill you instantly. Um, and they're coming out of the wazoo. So it's a real challenging army, right? And I found it super difficult to start with because I started playing them like Marines and you just die horribly. 
but you need to play them in a certain way. So it'd be interesting what you guys particularly make of in terms of your list challenges for that. Well, I'm going to make a point of writing a list that is different to the one that I've got in a case in the cupboard behind me. Yes. Uh, make sure you read all the pages of the rule. Yes, because well. uh, I, I think I think we've, I think I've already I've already proven um, rather expensively that that list that I wrote doesn't work. So um, I'll try and write another one that, uh, that, that yes. might actually work. So, so I say that it's, it's a really interesting army, and I really enjoy playing them. In fact, they're one of my go-to armies mm. because I enjoy because they are a challenge. They're very different, and um, you know, then you can take them along to anything. They're never going to be overpowered. I think it's no. another really good good example yeah. of that. Anyway, true. unless you're using two Malkador Infernuses, yeah. of course. In and it's an, <laughs> going to be an interesting one for my love of your artisanal third-party suppliers because applying that to Solar Auxilia always gets the neckbeards whirling. So yeah. you've had a, you've had a month's warning. Well, the thing is, though, your artisanal thing is probably still going to be just as expensive as buying it from Forge World because no, it's it just ridiculously expensive. But anyway, <laughs> the, we once called it the Army of Oligarchs. Um, I've got one and I'm no oligarch, so it is possible yeah, with a bit are, of luck yeah, and they some are, they are eBay possible. trading. But yes, look forward to that very much next month. Yeah, it'll be good fun. Cool. Right. We so, do. Then. Thank you, folks, and big thank to Tom uh, and the Morn of our folks for joining us and getting these rules prepared. So, cheers. Yep. Have a great month, everybody, and uh, we shall speak to you in the next episode. So, a good Take night, care. good day, good morning from me, Graham. Well, that's right, everybody. Yeah, yep. Bye-bye yeah, from yeah, me, yeah. Michael. Yeah, um, goodbye everybody from a rather bemused Rob who still <laughs> thinks vaguely, I still vaguely know what's going on. A la prochaine du le monde. Just bluff your way through it, fella. That's all I've done for the last five years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, working on it, working on it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, take care everyone. We'll see you, to you yeah, next month. Cheers, folks. Bye-bye. Awesome. Cheers, guys. <laughs>